0: you <laughs> Good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the John Frisella podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm your host, Wes Easley. You can find me over on Twitter at Loafinit on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with the little underscore. We got all different kinds of fantasy football articles that are on there. You can just scroll through that timeline and see all the different articles, not only fantasy football, but we've got different baseball, we've got basketball. You don't have to like fantasy sports to like all this content that's on that Twitter handle. Also, you can find every single co-host and host of any of the podcasts right there under the bio at fi today with a little underscore right there and one of those co-hosts are the it is the legend himself john frisella how you doing today mr legend
1: what's up my man West, is it game time yet i'm ready for game time tomorrow man i you know look we all have these leagues and these teams that we've been in for a long time where you put a little more value on those than other ones And I like the way I have two going in different directions. I have my longest standing league. I'm on a five-game winning streak, and my entire team is injured. I had to replace the whole team, so that was fun. And then I have another team that was destroyed early on, and I traded every player and unloaded the team. So I got one trending upward, but it's out of players. And then I have another one where I have all new players, so I'm interested to see how it turns out. So let's play some ball, man. I'm ready.
0: (laughs) Do you find it more difficult to win these leagues is it a little more difficult since you're on a podcast? People can hear your input and all that. Now every single week, also you write the article every single week uh, for Aaron Torres. Do you find it tough to be able to win this league? You see more little competition, like they're stealing what your thoughts.
1: Uh, people have been texting me on the side about guys that maybe I've either mentioned in passing. Or somebody I mentioned in AT, one of AT's articles—that's Aaron Torres. Um, you know, they they mention it to me on the side, and they kind of make chit chat about it. And then I look up like a couple days later, and I see they picked them up in one of the leagues we're in. So <laughs> it is it is happening. But ultimately, at the end of the day, and this is why you know that tweet that I posted that went viral that had like a thousand likes—that I still believe it's it's like seventy five percent luck because my team that is not doing well in the leagues that have been going on for so long was an auction draft. My two highest paid players, it was a super flex league, were Dak Prescott and Michael Thomas. So and there were multiple leagues where I, I lost by two or three points. So if you throw Prescott and Michael Thomas in there, my team would be, you know, five and two, whatever whatever the situation might be. So I still think if you lose your primary players to injury, it's gonna be awfully hard no matter what the circumstances are.
0: I love all of my fantasy football teams. You know, you just can't, I, I don't have time to pay attention to all of them, yeah. nearly as fine tooth combed as I would like to, as I do in my home fantasy league. You know, I, I still change all my rosters. I still set my rosters. I set my lineups. I go to the waiver wire. I, I pay attention to them because I believe everybody deserves everyone to participate in the leagues if you join a league, right? But in in, in my home league... And that one's my favorite one. That's the one that I'm going to get razzed about if I lose, right? That's the, that's the one. If I don't even w- get into the championship game, those guys are not going to let up on that text feed. Oh, you're a podcast host. Oh, you're supposed to be an analyst. Oh, you're an observer. Oh, you know, they're just going to, to razz me, right? So I'm really paying attention to this league this year. How are you and doing? I'm, I'm fine. fine. Hey, guess, guess, guess who's got the best record? Guess, guess who has more points than all the rest of the league? It's it's this guy right here, right? So, I tried to outsmart everybody. Kyler Murray's on a bye week, and he's been you know he's been really the main reason why I've been so successful. I believe he's he's the Lamar Jackson this year of all the fantasy players, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And it, I went out and got Tua, right? I picked up Tua, okay. And I'm expecting to trade Tua and Amari Cooper all week long, but nobody wants to trade with the guy in the biggest house. With the prettiest yard, with the with a with a with the prettiest wife, nobody wants to trade with that guy. They they're not going to give me any advantage. So none of them bought this week. And so right now, I've made three out of my five roster moves. I have Tua as my starting quarterback going into Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams, mm-hmm. which makes me very nervous. And in my uh, in my podcast this week, I've mentioned possibly picking up Burrow, possibly picking up Derek Carr. Well, guess what all my competition has done this week?
1: They picked Mm -hmm. up all the remaining quarterbacks.
0: Well, no, they they picked up those two because they heard me on the podcast saying that I wanted those two. So as they listen to this podcast, all I can tell you guys is it doesn't matter what you do because you got to come after the champ. If you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And you can't cheat the man. That's all I know. So I, I got a couple more eggs in my basket that I'm still waiting to do and see. I didn't want to make another move because all these COVID concerns, you mm-hmm. gotta kinda wait to the last minute to 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 use up my last two picks. So I'm gonna leave them in suspense of what I'm going to do on Sunday morning. But here here's my question, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Can I have any confidence in just going ahead and keeping Tua in my starting lineup? And I, I need a big score. I need, you know, I need twenty five I need 25 points from my quarterback this week because (laughs) that's not
1: happening. That's not happening. I, I, uh, you know, that's one of the games where right away without even looking at the line or the percentages or whatever, I'm taking the Rams, man. I I think the dolphins are crazy. I I really, I think this is like absurd. I, I understand they did it now because they can time it out with the bye week and they gave them more time to study the film, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you don't put a rookie quarterback coming off a fractured, shattered leg in his first game against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. You don't, you know, that's insane. Well, you forget it. I mean, that's not even a consideration in fantasy. I don't even know why you would start with that. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. By the way, I had the same situation in my 14 team. uh, And I picked up Derek Carr. I mean, the the over-under in the Raiders game is over 50 points. So I figure that's a pretty safe play. So I would have done that before you told everybody on the podcast what you were going to (laughs) do. Then they stole your player. You should have just got Derek Carr. But uh, going back to it, yeah, I just don't agree. Do I? Am I okay with the Dolphins playing Tua this season? Yes. Am I okay with it this week? No. I don't understand that. I would have waited one more week and said, you know what? Even better, maybe Fitzpatrick has a rough game against the Rams and you can justify it a little bit more because that's a tough D. So you say, oh, we had a rough game. We're going to make a change now. We're going to go with our rookie. So I don't understand. I don't know why you're doing it in fantasy, and I don't know why they're playing him against Aaron Donald.
0: Well, I did it. I, I was going to trade him. I mean, I'm in, I'm in Alabama. There's there's half the league is Alabama fans. I thought I was going to get somebody to bite on Tua and Amari Cooper. Right. So I could you know, just well, the, the guys are, listen. Let me let me stick up for the guys in your
1: league. I don't even know them. These guys are not idiots. They don't want to trade for Amari Cooper with Andy Dalton not playing this weekend. Who the heck wants Amari Cooper? Like I traded for CeeDee Lamb. And what you, I talked about that team that I tore down. I traded for CeeDee Lamb with no intentions of playing him this week, with Ben DiNucci playing quarterback. No one's going to trade for Cooper this week unless they're stashing him for the future. You know what I mean? Maybe when Dalton comes back, they might have some interest, but it, no one's going to take that. They're not suckers. I, yes, I'm, they, I'm offended for the guys in your league.
0: They, they've been suckers in the past. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. Well, <laughs> I say that. I'm, I'm, I'm that guy who I will trade – the kind of you know, a two two B player, the you know, the high the high upside guys. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and trade three of those high upside guys for I try to get one superstar. And two garbage players, just gar- that are going to hit the waiver wire as soon as I get them. That's that's my angle all the time, and I try to shoot those trades out there. It's been harder and harder as I continue to to make the playoffs each and every year, win a championship at least every other year. It, it, it's no longer happening anymore. They they don't they don't like to play those little games. Hey, uh, let me get, can I go out on a little limb? Sure. On the Miami Dolphin thing, mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me if. I, and I know they announced two as a starter, but it wouldn't shock me if Ryan Fitzpatrick started the game. W- what if this is like a, a mind game that the Miami Dolphins are playing against the Rams What or, and the rest of the NFL? What if they're just kind of throwing this out there Cause it, because nobody saw this coming at all? So what if it doesn't actually happen? What if if they go ahead and announce that maybe Tua's got a stomach bug now or something? What if they go ahead and announce that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter? I thought about that this morning, that, whoa, Tua may not even start, man. I'm going to have to change him out for a different quarterback. And uh, you know how I am with conspiracy theories. Yeah, you've been watching
1: Inception and uh, Memento and all these movies. Your brain's uh, scrambled eggs at this point. I I don't know. Listen, uh, at some point, the team has to report it appropriately to the NFL because of the betting factors. You know what I mean? That, that's why like the site we look at, Sports Insights, it's why they list the quarterbacks right there and they let you know uh, if it's a situation that's shaky. I mean, I believe there are obligations to release the information appropriately to the other team and also to the all the betters and all the sharps out there. Um, so it's probably a combination of those things. So the only way they could do it is what you threw in there. They could make up some sort of injury during warmups or something. That's the only way they could play mind games like that. And by the way, even that, you might get sanctioned for that or fined for that, uh, because they're not that stupid. They they might pick up on something like that. So Wait. my my guess is we're going to see Tua. I think your conspiracy theories, you know. JFK got to you a long time ago, so I, I, I don't uh <laughs> I don't see that happening.
0: I, they should have waited. Then they should have waited for Tua's sake to announce this, like like when uh, Her- Herbert got in there and uh-huh. played. And I know all the unfortunate accident that happened with Tyrod Taylor. I won't go down that conspiracy rabbit hole. But uh, you know, it, they they should have waited maybe till the last minute. I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, yeah, right. I, th- it has perplexed me for a couple of weeks now. I hate to see Ryan Fitzpatrick go. Just a handsome fella plays really well. <laughs> and, and speaking of that though, I, I, somebody else who we have to send our condolences to his family. Um, who, who was it that passed away? Sean Connery. Sean yeah. Connery. Thank Sean you. Thank Connery, you so much. Yeah. Uh,
1: passed away a- at 90 years old. Talk about, talk about an icon uh, in the business and just one of those guys that you feel like would never die. You know what yeah. I mean? He just had that persona. He's a big, kind of a big bruising guy. He played James Bond. He was always a cool customer. So you you feel like he's invincible. So it was sad. I got I got a ton of text messages about it this morning. My phone blew up probably about 9:30 in the morning, give or take Eastern. And uh, it was sad. It's sad. It is. It's been a bad year. A bad year for actors and famous people. Um, you know, obviously it's a rough year as it is with coronavirus. It's uh, it's it's tough. Uh, he's a legend. He'll always be a legend. That's that's the only thing we can take with us is everyone will know Sean Connery for a long time, many, many years into the future. So he can hope that he, you know, made an impact on society.
0: So I was, I was thumbing through all the movies, right? I I was trying to see if I could buy a VHS tape of of some of these movies, of movies I haven't seen, because I really wasn't a big James Bond guy. You know, Mm -hmm. I just, I've never been a big James Bond guy. And Mm -hmm. I think really the first time I was introduced to him was somewhere in high school, going out on a date. And we went and saw First Night, you know or, or something like that and and uh after high school maybe and I went and saw first night and there was Sean Connery and I was like hey that guy looks familiar and then you kind of figure out all the different movies he's been in and one of my favorite movies of all time that he was in was Finding Forrester. Good wow. one. Good choice.
1: That's a, I, I like that one too. That's kind of a sleeper. You know because obviously he's famous for playing James Bond. I mean everybody knows him for that and all you know like Mr. Strongman, Mr. Toughman. Um Finding Forrester he's like a recluse. He's a famous writer. Supposed to be like a J.D. Salinger type, you know, catcher in the rye, um, mm. who kind of had a big hit and then kind of disappeared. And then, of course, he brings along Rob Brown, uh, the young man, and he teaches him the ways. And Rob Brown is a very talented writer as well. So that that was a very interesting one and a good choice by you, my friend.
0: Thank you. Well, I, I you know, I, I do see get, every once in a while I get a needle in a haystack. And I try to think of things that I would ask famous people if I ever had a chance to ask them a question. Mm-hmm. OK. And what I would ask Sean Connery. Is how was your reaction the very first time you saw Saturday Night Live do the Jeopardy skit with Sean Connery on there? And Ooh. I just would want to know what he thought of the entire Jeopardy thing where the, the character, the the Sean Connery character would always tell Alex Trebek, you know, to about his mother or something like that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that you know, funny. I I just just my opinion, right? I mm-hmm. it's not like I know Sean Connery, but I've probably seen, you know, seventy five percent of his movies. I feel like he didn't like that. I feel like really? he's not the type of guy to have a sense of humor about himself in that regard where they're really poking fun at him and kind of also they softened him a lot and he's not a guy with a soft image. You know what I mean? So I, it conflicts with the what he was selling as an actor his whole career. Um, so I that's just my guess. I don't think he liked that, um, but it comes with the territory, right? When you're out there as a public figure, that happens. I mean, let's talk a little bit more just you know, before we move on to other stuff. What are some of your other favorites? I'll, I'll throw The Rock out there. The Rock mm-hmm. is a good one um, from 1996. And I personally like The Untouchables from 1987, uh, where he plays a lawman. How about you?
0: Yeah, those are some of the ones that I think I have to see again. And just maybe to refresh my memory about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, as as a young man, I do remember the Entrapment movie. Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Catherine, I remember that Catherine one. jones She's a nice <laughs> lady. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could say it that way. And The Hunt for Red October. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, Well, it's it's funny
1: you say that. I just saw it for the first time about three weeks ago. So, you know, I keep a running list on my phone. You can't get to everything. I mean, it's like nonstop. People are always saying, you should watch this show. You should watch that movie. It's just like a constant flow. So I keep a list on my phone, and finally it was on Showtime or Stars, and I DVR'd it. And I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't great. It started off better. I thought it started off very well. Um, One of the interesting things about the movie is how they switched in the middle about 15 minutes in because he plays a Russian character, Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes in, they switch from Russian to English. And you're like, wait, what? I thought there was going to be subtitles. So that, uh, that surprised me. And I did some research on that. So what they did was the word Armageddon was said in the movie, the word Armageddon in Russian. And that's the only one of the only words that's exactly the same in English and Russian. So when that word hit in the movie, they switched to English because they wanted the people to hear it in English because it was going to be more popular in America, the movie. So I thought that was really interesting. So they waited for a word that would transition it, and then they went poof. The subtitles are gone, and now all the characters are speaking in English.
0: Huh. I didn't know that. You know, I know how to speak a little Russian. Me too. You do? Yes. Dobre din. Dobre din, друзья. Good afternoon, friend. Oh, do svidaniya. That's, (laughs) that's, you're not saying goodbye. We just started the show. Oh, I thought that was hello. Okay, so I I know how to say (laughs) nyet that which means no snow. No snow. That's not all I... That's right. about all I got. That's no, I learned
1: 100%. I learned a lot. May she rest in peace my my coworker Maria of many years was Russian and taught me a lot. So uh hopefully I just like we lost Sean Connery here and people will take him with them I hope to take Maria with me. She taught me a lot of those phrases so you know shout to her family. Hope everybody's doing well. But that's where I learned it. I learned a lot of Russian actually.
0: Well, that's very good. That's it. I like to more, learn more about you each and every week. Besides your NFL knowledge, you've got worldwide knowledge, John Frisella, <laughs> and I really do appreciate that. Make sure you're following John, who has gone over the 2,000 mark. Thank you so much, Fit Family, for helping that happen at Legend Sports Seven on Twitter. Don't forget to follow him. And and what Aaron Torres? You said that. What's that website? Yeah, Aaron Torres online. Of course, you guys probably know AT
1: by now, so you should be following him as well. And I'm on there as the lead fantasy columnist. I do see the numbers of reads and touches and likes going up. So thank you, everybody. Again, like Wes said to the Fit Fam and all the listeners, let's keep those numbers pumping up. And, uh, you know, Wes likes me to keep the John Forsella blog going. So every once in a while, I'll just go on there and bang something out. So you got the John Forsella blog, you got Aaron Torres, and you got me right here on The John Forsella Show with the man at Loafing It, Wes
0: Easley. That's right. And you always, you'll send me a text. Here you go, buddy, just for you. And I'll be like, hey, I got a new list. I got a new list. And you always make them short and sweet for me over on that John Forsella blog. And I really do appreciate that very much, John. And don't forget to head over to Anchor FM. You can find however you like to listen to podcasts. You can find that listening platform right there. Make sure you subscribe, you like, you leave a comment, all those kind of things. Slap the stars around if it happens to be on the iTunes app. But Johnny, right now, we have to get into our breadwinner picks. We have to get into these lines for this week, week number eight in the NFL, halfway over John Frisella, And now it looks like the weather is really starting to pick up and participate in the NFL season. Uh, like we need another factor in the 2020 year.
1: Yes. Uh, the weather now it is that time of year. We know it, it happens. We get the rain in some areas. We get the snow. The high winds are always a problem, right? Uh, for me, don't go crazy with it. If you're talking fantasy and you're talking betting, don't go down the rabbit hole. Like Wes likes to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole. Don't go down there with the weather where you're looking at every game and you're watching it so closely. You said, I believe on one of the past shows, a lot of times it ends up not impacting it as much as you think. And I agree with that. The only thing that I will do it for is a kicker if we're playing in season long fantasy, right? Or I know on FanDuel in the lineups, they they make you do a kicker. DraftKings doesn't make you do that. So yes, you should at least check the weather on those because you don't want a guy kicking in 75 mile per hour winds. There's no reason. Just go pick up a different kicker. But other than that, don't go too far and too deep into that rabbit hole. Just try to you know, keep an eye on it and see what the situation is. But if the over-under number is a legitimate number, then you know you're okay. If the over-under is 30-something, then you know they're going to be playing in a blizzard. You know what I mean? So you just got to read into the lines a little bit.
0: And for that, fa- you talk about fantasy kickers and season longs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Look, start looking for people in domes that play in a lot of domes. And just yep. pick the, pick kick the, pick the kicker. In the dome, and you're going to most likely get the most consistent point totals out of him. Our first game on the board is the Indianapolis Colts at the Detroit Lions. The weather uh, is not a factor here because this one is in a dome, John. And I I don't know what to think about this game. Really, it started out at minus three. It stayed at minus three. Right? Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are favored by three. The point total for the score for the total game is fifty. It started out at fifty-one, but right now it's down to forty-nine and a half. Uh, you know, you know, John, Indianapolis had a bye week. Detroit came off that emotional victory last week uh, against the, the Atlanta Falcons. I'm, I'm going to leave this one up to you because the money's telling me I can pick whoever I want in this game.
1: You're right. You're absolutely right. This is going to be one of those games where you could tell the missus to come over even if she doesn't watch football. Say, hey, babe, you got a quarter? Let's let's just flip a coin here in this game because you, there, there's nothing in the indicators. There's nothing in the line. There's nothing in the percentages telling you which way to go. So you got to dig down, either find a nice coin and flip it or dig down into your gut and uh, come up with the choice here. My gut is telling me the Lions are aware this is put up or shut up time for them. Mm-hmm. Either they win this because they're starting to go in the right direction now. Either they win this game at home against Indianapolis or – if they start going down the wrong path, they're going to start selling off parts because they're going to have to tear this core down and start with something new, right? So it's put up or shut up for this construction of the team. I think the same situation is going to be for new England. We'll get to that later. Right? Uh, I think they're also at put up or shut up time. So with that being said, I think the lions are a nice little team, uh, competitive team. Stafford was tossing some rockets around last week. So I'm going to take the lions to win this game by six. So they're going to cover it by three points. Of course, we have Stafford, we have Kenny Galladay, and we got, keep an eye on TJ Hawkinson. I see that arrow starting to go up. You know, it takes a while sometimes with the tight ends. He's a young tight end. Last year, he got hurt. Um, He started off good, got injured. This year, start off a little bit slow. Now he's had a touchdown three games in a row. I see them using him a little bit more. So, of course, we have those two guys. And another guy who we mentioned a couple weeks ago, keep an eye on, DeAndre Swift. He's really got that arrow going up high. So those are the key guys for them. Stafford, Galladay, Hawkinson, and Swift. I'm going to take them on an Indianapolis side. It's still a mishmash with the wide receivers. It looks like Marcus Johnson has emerged as their number one receiver, even better than T.Y. Hilton. And he's a no-name. Nobody really knows Marcus Johnson. So he's a he's a sneaky play in DFS. Um, and uh, it might, Jonathan Taylor might be a little bit too high in the salary this week. So th- those are my plays.
0: Yeah. And I like what you're saying about the Detroit Lions. or backs up or against, are up against the wall at this point of the season, just simply from a a physical standpoint, they may not stay there. If they if they don't win this game, they could start selling off those pieces, mm-hmm. and and I don't necessarily like for Philip Rivers that there was a bye week. I I, I don't. Uh, at his age, in the new environment, and all those things coming into play in my head, I think he needed to keep that shoulder loosened up, and, and he didn't necessarily, he couldn't necessarily do that against live action uh, this past week. I know they got practice and stuff like that, but all those things are a little bit limited, especially if you're a quarterback. I I don't think that connection helps at all in the bye week, and so I will be with you, and I am going to decide on the Detroit Lions. I will take that team at home. And those points.
1: Let me say, let me say that was a really good point about Rivers because don't forget, he's actually coming off his best game as well. Not Mm -hmm. only keeping the arm loose and worrying about his age, he played tremendous before the bye. So it's like bad timing. Obviously you want to keep that going. You want to keep the momentum. So I do agree with you about that. And let me say one more thing about the lions. Part of the reason why it's put up or shut up for them is because of how flooded with good teams it is in the NFC. And we talked about it. We were spot on for the year. The AFC, it's three or four teams up top. Maybe we can say five now, but still, the rest of it, there's a lot of garbage in there. Uh, The NFC has got a lot of teams that are possible Super Bowl contenders. So if the Lions don't win here, if they go three and four, you can forget it because there's too many teams. I would call the Packers a Super Bowl contender. Uh, The Bears are five and two, but they're not a Super Bowl contender, but the Lions still have to catch them in the standings, so that's two. The Bucks are a Super Bowl contender. The Saints are in between, but they're they're a good team. We know that. Seattle's a Super Bowl contender. West, you think Arizona might be in the mix? The Rams are in the mix and the 49ers. That's that's crowded. That's a lot of action. So Detroit's gotta win this one or they're done.
0: I no, I completely agree with you. And and it is that time of season. And look, there's another NFC North battle going on. The temperature is going to be fine. This looks like football weather to me in Green Bay, Johnny. Mm -hmm. When Minnesota Vikings take on the Green Bay Packers, yeah, there's an 18-mile-per-hour wind, but man, they're down there on the field. They're inside of a dome. They're inside of a stadium. Sure, when the kicker kicks the ball and it goes really high up in the air, it's going to have a little effect on it. Or if you try to throw those moon balls like maybe a uh, uh, Russell Wilson throws in the air, that's going to have some effect on it. But I think with these two teams, uh, both of them can just figure out a way in this kind of environment to be able to make these lines, I think, pretty predictable. And right now it started out at a 50 and a half point total. Right now it's at 50. So that that stayed right on point. Minus six and a half for the Green Bay Packers. And, and as we speak right now on Saturday afternoon, it's still minus six points on the Green Bay Packers, John. Who do you like in this one? Yeah,
1: I think this one is screaming Vikings because I think we've all seen a trend this year, not just this team. With some of the lesser teams that have talent, right? There are lesser teams like the Jets that have no talent. So I'm not talking about them. Some of the lesser teams have talent, and then they have a clunker, a really bad game. No matter what you think about them, they bounce back the next game. And that's Minnesota, right? Minnesota was awful against Atlanta, right? We, we recall that disaster. For a lot of people that played Alexander Madison, it didn't work out while Cook was out. Um, and that was a mess. So I believe they will bounce back. The, the indicators are good in this game. Right? There's only 43% of the money on Minnesota so far, so that's fine. That's good for us. Um, and the line dropped a half a point in their direction. It went from six and a half to six, meaning maybe everybody thinks they're a little bit closer to Green Bay than people think. So I like Minnesota in this game. Also, Green Bay was so fantastic last game after bouncing back after a bad game against Tampa that they may come and even out a little bit. I do think they'll probably win the game just because Minnesota's snake bitten right? So for the fit picks where we don't do it with the spread, I'm going to take Green Bay to win it by three, but that means Minnesota covers the spread pretty easily there by more than a field goal or a field goal, depending on what site you're on. Um, and then for fantasy, I like Justin Jefferson because I think Thielen's going to get a lot of attention from the division rival Packers and Jair Alexander, who's been the Mm -hmm. best corner in the NFL. So I think that, uh, Jefferson is the play for the Vikings.
0: Uh, the Minnesota Vikings also have several of the defensive backs out. Not that it mattered too much because I said at the beginning of the year that that defensive backfield was going to really struggle in Minnesota. And I think that that's indicated by their record. I'm going to take green Bay in this one. They're just red hot right now. They're not going to let up. They need to keep the foot on the gas to keep up with all those super bowl contenders. They're going to want that home field advantage in green Bay, instead of having to go on the road, like they did last year in the playoffs. I still think that, uh, Aaron Rodgers has something to prove. And I dare say he, he, does not forget yet about that beating that he took in Tampa Bay. And I think that that was kind of a wake up call for them, especially if you saw him dance in that, you know, that touchdown and everything. And then all of a sudden everything went south, you know, <laughs> and, and and so I think that there's still some things left to prove And they're a little bit more heightened because Aaron Jones, I believe, is going to miss out on this game as well. Yep. And so, you know, those people all have to step up to the plate. So I'm going to take Green Bay. I think that at minus six, it could be minus eight. It could be minus nine. I just can't see the Minnesota Vikings even being in the same ballpark as the Green Bay Packers this week.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't mind the play because, we, as we said, the percentages are toward the middle, right? It's 43-57. Yep. So I, you could you could definitely go either way on this. So if your if your vibe is Green Bay is going to outclass Minnesota, can't really argue with that. It's just the game flow. We have to see the way it plays out. One little note about Green Bay, which is funny, and I, I get a good chuckle from it. Remember when AJ Dillon, the rookie posted the picture of himself, he's like absolutely shredded. It was on Twitter during the offseason and everybody went crazy. They're like, this guy's a monster. Look at, look at the shape he's in. He's going to be really good. And I know you usually go against the rookies in their first year for fantasy. You're not really mm-hmm. into it. So it's just funny that Jamal Williams once again is clearly much, much better than him and much more valuable to Green Bay in the way they handle him. So Aaron Jones is going to be out. Jamal Williams is again a play in DFS. And he's just a better all-around player. Not not only is he quicker than AJ, he also is the pass catcher, which AJ is not. So it's just funny how you get like a photo or something that gets people all riled up on Twitter, you know, like clickbait. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the storyline at all when the reality sets in.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And I, I, I still think, well, I think both of those running backs are Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are both of them going to be free agents at the end of this year. And it wouldn't surprise me if they kept well, it wouldn't surprise me if they kept both of them, but it really w- will surprise me if they keep, if they just keep one that that one won't be Jamal Williams. I just, it, it really won't surprise me because they have AJ Dillon in their back pocket. So I don't, I don't know. I well, he's, not known. He's
1: definitely going to be cheaper, right? He's yeah. not going to come at the same price tag as Aaron Jones. It, that's always, that's an organizational thing. And it's always an interesting topic. They're going to sit down. They're going to say, okay, how much can we really afford to spend on this position? If we want to be a Super Bowl contender, for the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career. By the way, what the heck are they going to do with Jordan Love? It's not like unless Rodgers decides randomly he's going to retire to protect his health, you know, Jordan Love's never gonna play unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. So I don't know what they're gonna do about that situation. But yeah, they're gonna sit down, they're gonna say, can we afford to put this much money into the running back position? Or are we gonna have to let Aaron Jones walk? And if he does, you know, you know, he's my buddy on Twitter, he follows me. I'm gonna hit him up a million times and tell him to come to the Jets because we're gonna have Trevor Lawrence, we're gonna have a new coach. We're gonna have fifteen draft picks. He'll be the superstar centerpiece offensive player. So come on down, Aaron Jones.
0: I am sure he will not ask Le'Veon Bell if he should do that or not. I'm sure he won't.
1: He should just ask me. I'm gonna I'm gonna represent the Jets in this transaction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the next game, John, you talked about being a low point total might be a good indicator on whether or not the weather was going to have an outcome on the game. This uh-huh. next one is a really low point total, my friend. It's 40 and a half right now on the New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills. And this weather looks like it's going to rain a little bit. It's going to be drizzly all game long. It's going to be a little bit it's it's not going to be really that cold. It's 40 degrees, 40 something degrees, but there's going to be a wind. It just looks like it's going to be a messy day in Buffalo and right now the Buffalo Bills are favored by three points. So I I look at this, and I know New England has just had a terrible time of things, and Cam Newton does not look like he's going to be able to bounce back from this, in my opinion. I think your opinion might differ than mine, though.
1: Yeah, my opinion is different, and you're going to like this. This one is a conspiracy theory. I think that the Patriots are putting out all these headlines about selling off their players, including Stephon Gilmore, right, who's their best player on the team. If you notice, there have been a lot of headlines on World, on the regular news, on Twitter feed, that the Patriots are willing to sell all their players. Now, not that that's not true. It's just It just so happens to be this week. In the biggest game of the year where they're playing the Bills, and by the way, the Bills probably could have lost to the Jets last week. They look very shaky. They had a bad run leading up to that game and did not play well this past week. You don't think that it's maybe to catch them off guard and say get them thinking, oh, New England's going to mail it in. They're not even going to give a good effort because they're tearing this team down. I think it's disinformation. I think it's classic Belichick. I think they are willing to do it if they lose this game. But not leading into this game, they're going to come in guns blazing. And the, the reason the total is so low is because this is going to be a physical beating. I guarantee you we have one or two scuffles on the field in this game where, you know, punch, not punches, but a lot of shoving, a lot of nastiness. That's the type of game this is going to be. Now, for me, unfortunately, in my, one of my super flex leagues, I have to play Cam Newton because you have to play two quarterbacks. I'm stuck with them. So that that point total scares me. I do, I did tell people. On Twitter at Legend Sports 7 maybe you want to be tricky and play Cam Newton at a low salary in DFS just because nobody's going to play him because we all think that he's pretty much finished. So it's just something to keep an eye on, maybe take a chance, maybe be sneaky, but my expectations are low for my own personal team.
0: Wow. That's, that's, that is interesting when you say something like that. And this is definitely one of those things I was starting to think about. Why in the world did Buffalo play so bad last week against the Jets? And maybe they were looking forward to this game a little bit too much against those New England Patriots because right now they have all the ability and they got now they have the opportunity with how bad New England has been playing to grab that torch from Bill Belichick's hand and say, it is now our division, New England.
1: Right. And they should. Right. Because they, they do have the best program in the division. Right. The Dolphins are coming on, uh, you know, because the Patriots at this point, it's it's done until they get a quarterback. There's no program until they get a quarterback. So the the Bills, looking at where they are with McDermott, who is a very good coach, uh, Bean is a good general manager, they're constantly getting better like their quarterback. Right. Josh Allen gets a little bit better each year. Their personnel gets better. They bring in a Stephon Diggs. Last year, they bring in a Beasley. He's playing very well again in the slot this year. So they they chip away. They get a little better each year. It's a good program they're building. So they should. They should start to run away with this. But I think the Patriots are lying in the weeds. I think you're going to see a ton of running the ball, right? So we're going to have to like Damian Harris in DFS this week. He looked good last week. Unfortunately, because they got blown out, they didn't get to run the ball too much. But this week, it's going to be a ground and pound, slow it down, drain the clock. I, another reason why you might want to try cam is because even he is going to be running a lot in this game. They're got, last game. They were forced to throw because of the score. So they're going to try to dictate this early. They're going to do a lot of fake the handoff cam holds onto it. It runs maybe a little option pitch out to like a Burkhead. Um, so you're going to see a lot of running in this game. Uh, Buffalo side, hmm. listen, Zach Moss is coming up a little bit. Now he finally looked like he was even with Singletary last week, but because it's a timeshare, I just don't like either guy for DFS. And you know that the Patriots are going to take digs out of this. So I would probably play Beasley. I like Beasley. Or if you're being really sneaky, I posted something about John Brown. His salary is only like 4400 and he just got activated from the injury list. So those are the sneaky guys, like a Beasley and a John Brown for the
0: Bills. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Uh, and I think like, I think you mentioned the only person to possibly play would be Cam Newton on the New England Patriots' side. Well, yeah, King I hear Damian I hear Harris. you about Damian he's Harris, but that, no, it, 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 he's not going to get in the end zone. He's not going to put up over a hundred yards. I just, I can't see why you'd play him. So in this game, John, Buffalo is favored by four points here. Who are you taking?
1: I'm taking the Patriots. Uh, I'm ta- for the reason I said, I think they're lying in the weeds. Yeah. I think they're coming in real physical in this game. And I actually would take them on the money line, right? Cause they're the dog. I would take them to win the game straight up. I believe they're going to win this game by four points. Um, And they're just not going to go away. That's that's my feeling, especially with Buffalo being shaky right now. That's the key. I think New England, behind the scenes, they're saying, "Hey, we could still win this division because Buffalo's shaky, and Miami just benched their quarterback when they, where everything was going the right way. If Tua doesn't play well, they're going to be out of the mix too. So I think the Patriots still think they could win the division.
0: All right. Well. I'm- you are very convincing, and I hear your tone in your voice, and sometimes that, that makes me want to side on with you, but I can't <laughs> do it. I can't do it this time. Uh, you're very, <laughs> It's true. I mean, that's true. I'm going to take Buffalo. I'm going to go ahead and give you those four points, and that's over under total. It's only at 40 and a half, and yeah, I get it. It's going to be a ground and pound game from both sides. John Brown is back. I know the wind is going to be a factor, but 40 and a half, man, that is unheard of in today's NFL, Johnny.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking the over. I, I think it dropped too much. Uh, listeners, keep in mind, it opened at 45 and a half and dropped five points. Yeah. If it dropped two points, maybe I'd be a little nervous. I wouldn't know which way to go. But when it drops five points, and again, the Patriots were so bad last week. Could they really be that bad again? What if they, what if they do something defensively? I know they're in for a good defensive game this week. Maybe they score, they get a tip pass for an interception, something like that. So I think I'm taking the over and I'm taking the Patriots.
0: The next game, we started out here. We got the Tennessee Titans going to Cincinnati to take on those Bengals. And the 66% of the money is coming in on the Tennessee Titans, which may be the reason why. When it started at minus three and a half on the Titans, it has jumped all the way up to minus seven. Johnny, that's a big big difference. And I know that uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who they trade, Carlos Dunlap, but that shouldn't matter that much. Not only did the points go up for Tennessee, so now they're minus seven. The total game points started out at 55. It dropped down to 51. I, I, it, that that does not make sense at all whenever I look at it because you would think that, hey, I, well, I could tell you what I think, but uh, that looks a little bit crazy to me, John. I am I love the Titans to win this game. I'm not sure that they're going to cover all seven points.
1: It's, it's one of those ones where I think the cream is going to rise at the end, right? We have one or two of those every week where we say, you know what? Yeah, Cincinnati's going to hang around because Joe Burrow, his personality – He keeps you in the game. He's that type of guy. He's very up, right? He keeps his teammates up. He's a positive guy. He's very competitive. He hates to lose. He's already made a number of comments about that this year that, yeah, so what? I'm playing well as a rookie, but the team is losing. I'm not happy with the situation. So I think that with that personality and the way they've been throwing the ball around, right, you got a lot of assets there. You got T. Higgins who's coming on. You got Tyler Boyd, who's Mr. Steady. You got A.J. Green, whose arrow's starting to go up the last couple of games. So you got those three guys to toss the rock around to. So I do think Cincinnati's going to hang. But then at the end of the game, you take Dunlap away, and then you bring the, the freight train at you, Derrick Henry. Without Woo-hoo. that big boy in the middle, I don't know if they can hold up. I, I don't know if physically they could take that beating. And it's the same situation basically that you were in in the last two games where basically you decided, look, Green Bay is going to outclass Minnesota because they're a better team. That's what you decided. Buffalo is going to outclass New England because they're a better team. Okay, fine. I feel that way about Tennessee. I just feel like at the end, the quality and the coaching and the physical nature, I'm going to take Tennessee. I'm going to take, obviously, Derrick Henry uh, in, in DFS. I'm going to take Corey Davis, who's looking pretty sharp. I'm going to take Jonu Smith, whose salary has dropped about 1500 bucks to, to 4100 So those are the guys I'm going to like on the Tennessee side.
0: I don't blame you at all. And as I look at this and think about this a little bit more, uh, I know there's a lot of wind there in Cincinnati. Everything else looks fine. I'm not too concerned about the weather there. But uh, I, I do think about Tennessee and coming off of that loss too. They're going to have to win this game. They want to win this game. Uh, they would like to have some kind of home field advantage, at least for one game during the wild card round. If they if they get that, you know, a lot of things still have to come before we can get that far down the road. But I could see them really wanting to hammer home this victory. And it's going to be a long day, I think, for Joe Burrow. And with that wind, it's just, it's tough for a rookie. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Tennessee and I will, I will take them. And that that's just all I'm going to do. <laughs> 51 points looks like about right to me. 50, 51 points looks like about right because not only does the Tennessee defense will be able to help keep Joe Burrow out of the end zone, but also that wind is going to be a little bit of a factor there. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'll take, I'll, t- I'll, I'll just take the Titans.
1: Also, Joe Mixon is out again, so it's tough. You know, if you want to go tit for tat uh, with Tennessee and you want to run the ball and try to play the same game, you're not going to be able to do it without Joe Mixon. So that those are be, between Dunlap on one side and Mixon on the other side. You know, I know it's 66% on Tennessee, and it looks pretty obvious. So that that does make it a risky play, but sometimes you just got to take the better team. So uh, that's where I'm going.
0: Okay, and we're going to leave that point total alone. I believe is what we're yep. going to do. Yep. All right, so this this is a, this is an option for me. Baker Mayfield is an option for me to replace with Tua against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders travel to Cleveland. The money's coming in right there, 50-50, just about even. And it started out at 55-and-a-half was Mm -hmm. the game total. It has dropped down to 49-and-a-half, Johnny, which is really strange because both of these teams have been really good on the offensive side of the ball. And right now, we have the Cleveland Browns favored at two-and-a-half points uh, that that looks like a winner-winner chicken dinner to me for Cleveland.
1: Whew, man, I got to tell you, I'm literally sweating right now looking at the drop in that line because I've been following it all week from Monday, and it was gradually going down like a point a day. It was at 54 and a half, <laughs> 53 and, a half. and I'll tell you why I'm sweating because we already discussed. I picked up Derek Carr because Kyler Murray's on the bye, so I'm invested in him, and I traded for Baker Mayfield in the Superflex League because I needed two quarterbacks. So I have both of these guys. And meanwhile, every time I look at the line, the line's getting lower and lower and lower. It's telling me this one might actually hit the under. This one might actually be only 45, 46 points because it's dropping so much and so steadily. So I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm definitely sweating that out. As far as who I'm taking in this game, I'm going to take Vegas because they had a clunker last week. uh, And I think Cleveland is going to have to adjust over time to not having the threat of Odell Beckham. Maybe not the production right? Because a lot of it came in one game for him where he had three touchdowns in one game. Just having the threat and getting the defense to pay attention to him, um, they're going to have to adjust to that. I don't know how much you're going to get out of Rashad Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, so they got a lot to keep in mind on that side and a lot to monitor. Uh, I think Vegas will bounce back in this one. And I say they're going to win this one by a touchdown. We got Derek Carr. We got Josh Jacobs. Nelson Aguilar has been on the come up. Darren Waller's a monster. So those are some guys you could throw out there on the Raiders side.
0: Now, the weather will play a factor in this one, I believe, John. The uh-huh. winds are going to be somewhere in the 30-mile-per-hour range, possibly a little light rain throughout the game at different times. So that looks like a big one. Whenever you start getting into the 30-miles-per-hour of the run, if I cannot run as fast as the wind is blowing, I think that it's going to be a little bit of a problem. You know what yeah. I
1: mean? Yeah, it, it is going to be a problem because that's a steady drop. It's a it's a steady drop of six points plus the weather, and plus the worst part is that it's two teams that are known for scoring. And they've been playing up and down. So that really tells you it's probably going to be an under. I mean, I'm, I have to take Vegas and the under in this game.
0: Did I ever tell you the time that I got chased by a cheetah?
1: In real life or in a dream?
0: No, <laughs> that's a good question. No, in, in real life, in real life. So, yeah, I got girls. I got young girls. And one of the things you always do whenever you go on vacation, you go and travel around to the zoos. Mm-hmm. Well, this could be torture. For some, you know, for a dad or something like that, it could be torture because really I've said, I think I said it earlier this week, if not last week, that sometimes vacations feel like they're a survival game for somebody, you know, for me anyway, because everything's different. You know, all the girls are swimming every day, got to have a pool so there. it's just, it's, you know, can I get enough food in my system to be able to survive? Uh, it's not, you know, it's, you, you have a good time. But when you got to go to the zoo and you're spending all day walking around and one zoo is just like another zoo. They're all people. So what I do whenever I go to the zoo, I started making it really fun, especially the cats, like the lions, the tigers, the cheetahs. Mm -hmm. I like to tease them. (laughs) Entice. It's not a good, it's not a good idea unless you want to get your face ripped off No, because they're they're way back there they're, they're not gonna mess with you right but I like to entice them a little bit because they're bored if you if you've never been to the zoo in a long time for those people that do have to frequent a zoo every once in a while, you'll know what I mean like all the animals are just kind of like eh, you know just another day I'm behind this cage I'd rather be out in the wild in the in the jungles of Africa trying to hunt down some game or something. So I try to be the antelope. OK, I hide behind bushes. I, I I take some trees and I start shaking them and everything like that. I'll find a tree branch and I'll start shaking it around on, on top of the fence or something. And you'll notice the cats, especially the cats, because the cats are like cats. They're just big cats. And you know how cats like to play with string and everything like that? Yep. You got to be the string, John. You got to be the string at a zoo. And they perk up and they start looking at you. There was a cheetah. And I was sitting there looking at this cheetah house. It looked like a you know dog house, like way across the field. And the cheetah was on the other side of the fence. And I was thinking to myself, if I jumped into this cheetah yard and ran to that cheetah box, could I make it there and get inside the house before the cheetah caught me? And, and so I thought about that for a minute. And I was really looking at that cheetah. And the cheetah was, it was the, the thing that convinced me not to do it. They had obviously given the cheetah a big bone to start chewing on, and it was just sitting there chewing on this big femur of some kind of animal. I don't know what it was. And and I was going, Oh, that could be my bone, so I'm not gonna do that.
1: <laughs> that was the last guy who tried to run to the house. That, that, that's what they were chewing on. That would have been but, you. That would have been yeah, that would have been live live feed from uh from West. What are you on? A suicide mission, you maniac?
0: <laughs> no, well, I, so I grabbed a branch and I went down there where the cheetah was, and I had to I had to entice the cheetah away from its bone to kind of, you know, start chasing the stick a little bit. And so I would start running up and down this little walkway. Yeah, you know, vroom, mm-hmm. I'd run. Vroom, I'd run. And and the cheetah finally stood up and it stretched, you know, it like it like stretched its back out, its hind it, it kept its hind quarters in the air and stretched out its front quarters and I ran and that cheetah ran after me. I'm not saying it went into a full blown sprint, but it ran after me. Oh, I got so excited. It was so, enti- oh, like you know, I got a cheetah chase me. And that was, it was very fun, John. So I've had I, cheetahs chase me. That's a good story.
1: And I have two questions for you. When you run, does it actually make that noise? Because I feel like, you know, you're, you advanced <laughs> years. I feel like it doesn't go vroom when you're running nowadays. Was it actually, is there any audio evidence of it sounding like that?
0: No, I think I took video evidence of it. I'm not sure if the S4 still has it on there, but I know I was I was trying to record and run at the same time. And I think when the cheetahs got, you know, started chasing me a little bit, I got a little too excited I, and I couldn't, it didn't handle it well.
1: That's que- that was question number one. Question number two is what is your wife saying during this where you're like playing around with these dangerous cats? You're, you're having thoughts of jumping in there in the cage to get your head ripped off. She just kind of goes along with it. It's just the West show
0: her her, and the girls go, go their separate ways. I've actually, the oldest one now, you know, she's a teenager. She will take part with me in some of those things, you know, like she'll shake the trees and stuff like that outside the lion cage and, and all those things. So yeah, she, t- she takes part, but the wife, the wife kind of ignores me. Uh, we do it there. My, my, my kids are homeschooled. So we're able to take vacations when other people don't necessarily vac- take vacations. So zoos and different things like that, we kind of have to ourselves, you know, it's,
1: yeah, it's uh, but you're right though about the zoos in general. The, the animals are sleepy; they're kind of depressed. It's 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 tough sometimes. So it's good that you you shake the tree a little bit and you get them to come out and play. The only time you ever see them get perked up when you're actually at the zoo is when they're getting fed. Then you see them turn up a notch. You know they <laughs> they they turn on the jets. But other than that, you know, it's, sometimes it's sad for them. So I do, I do feel bad. I'm happy the humanitarian Wes Easley is there to get them all riled up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they're thinking of their next feeding as they watch me go out there. All right. I, I don't know. How, yeah, So I'm t- who'd I? Yeah, I took Cleveland in that one. And I do like the under two on that one, John. The under, I know it's only forty nine and a half for the point total. I just, it, like you said, Lost Bankers kind of put up a little bit stinker. Uh, they can't, Josh Jacobs isn't going to be able to run really well against that Cleveland Brown defense. And I think that weather is going to play a pretty good factor. And like you said, that that line has kept creeping down. That one might be one that I'm going to shoot for on the under on that 49 and a half point total.
1: Yeah. It's just because, you know, layperson, right? Joe Schmo is going to look at this, these two teams and say, Hey, both of these teams have been playing up and down a lot of action in their games, a lot of scoring this 49 and a half number and by the way that number in particular is very scary 49 and a half is directly placed right below the round number of 50 and it's just the optics right it's like 999 instead of doing $10 or $999 instead of a 1000 it's an old sales tactic this is the same thing you have here 49 and a half doesn't have that five in front of it and you go oh hey that number looks pretty low I'm going to, I'm going to have to take that. They're going to score over 49 and a half points. So everything about it is screaming, yo, sucker, take the over in this game. So I, I can't do it. I got to take the under and I'm going to be sweating because I really need car and Mayfield to be good before, <laughs> we move, before we move on to the next game. I'll tell you a couple other guys in my 14 team league. Cause there's only one quarterback that are available. Maybe you like them better than Derek Carr. You like Jimmy Garoppolo against the Seahawks.
0: Yes, I've I've been eyeballing him. He is available in that league. So I have been looking at Jimmy G on that because they are going to have to score a lot of points against Seattle. My biggest concern with that is uh, all the injuries that's there in Kansas City. Oh, I'm sorry, in San Francisco. But I know that that means, and and I think San Francisco kind of strategically does this, John. I wonder if they don't just put people on IR to try and save them for the playoffs. And and that way, there's not a lot of film on everything that they want to do. And it, it just really looks like to me that they're that they're I'm not going to say that they're doing just enough to get into playoffs. And then when the playoffs come, they're going to be full throttle, all all steam ahead.
1: I like that. I like the idea because really what they have right now is a factory. They're just churning out good players. Right. Every time a guy gets hurt, they put in some other guy you never heard of. And you're like, whoa, this guy can play, too. So that comes from the top, right? We talk about Shanahan every week because right now he's at the top, top, top. Like Andy Reid, I posted this week, for the first time ever, and maybe I'll do a full article on John Frisella Sports, I don't have Belichick as the number one coach in the league because I think we're all a little bit skeptical now seeing what it's like without Tom Brady and seeing what it's like with Cam Newton playing quarterback. Uh, You know, you scratch your head a little bit. You wonder how much of it was the old TB12. We talked about it last week. So for the first time, I have Belichick as the number four coach in the league. And uh, Andy Reid's got number one. I'm not, I'm not going to go crazy for the new guys. They won the Super Bowl. The the thing about Andy Reid and why he's better than Belichick now is because he does innovative stuff, even though he's an older coach, he stays ahead of the trends. Like you see all these teams like the 49ers, like the Cardinals, like the Rams, like the Seahawks that run that motion from the wide receiver running full speed. And then they either fake the handoff or they toss it to him. The chiefs were doing that two years ago. And other teams were not doing it at the same rate that they were. So Andy Reid, yeah, he's been around a long time, but he's always, and also Eric Bieniemy, who hopefully will be the Jets head coach next year, they always stay ahead of the game. So Andy Reid's number one, right? Number two is Kyle Shanahan, man. Second best coach in the league. The, the How many injuries can you have, the 49ers? Yet they're still able to churn out all these good players uh, at all different positions across the board, especially running back because of their blocking schemes. And then number three, I have for as well as he's done, And that he's a disciple of Belichick. I got Mike Vrabel as a a rising star coach. I got him number three right now, and I got Belichick number four. What do you think about that?
0: Oh, I think that that's a good list, and I think we could take that Kyle Shanahan all the way back to where he was offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, and he really emerged. I think that was the highest point scoring team of that year, and they were shattering records, it seemed like, that season whenever he was the offensive coordinator, maybe a little bit of time to adjust to being a head coach, but he seems to be taking it all in stride and doing a fantastic job in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, even from what they did in the beginning when he was there and they had CJ Bethard playing quarterback mm-hmm. and then they had Mullins playing quarterback as well. They've both been there for a little while now. They were also very competitive even when those guys were playing and just to have the sense and the sense of mind to get Garoppolo in the first place. Not that he's a superstar but there's just something about Garoppolo that when he's in there, they find a way to win the game. You know, it's not always him. It's just that I guess the players feel comfortable. You know, he's a well-liked guy. He, he kind of props up his guys. He makes everybody feel good about themselves. Um, so just to have that, that in the first place, that thought to bring him in and let's try to turn the culture around and turn it into a winning culture. Um, you know, these are all things that they've done along the way. It's a stepping stone to get to where they are now. So that, that's, uh, that was one of the other guys that was available was Garoppolo. And then this is the interesting thing. I'm looking right now at Yahoo, and I'm doing the projections for week eight. Now, I don't give a crap about anybody else's projections. I do my own. But this is just interesting to note. They're putting Cam Newton as the highest projected quarterback on the free agent list. More than Baker Mayfield. More than Derek Carr, who I already picked up. More than Daniel Jones. More than Tua. More than everybody on there. I think it's interesting. They're projecting him for 17.85 points. How do you feel about that?
0: I know. I see it. He's on top of that free agent list as well for me. And I'm looking at it going, there's just no way I can trust that. And and I'm I'm not in a do or die week. I can lose this week. And I've even thought about just punting this week altogether because not only will nobody trade with me, but now the team that I'm playing this week mysteriously got Patrick Mahomes in a deal this week. Okay, (laughs) He just poof. He just appeared
1: on the roster. There wasn't even a trade. He was just there. (laughs)
0: well that's been known to happen in this league it's all settled down a little bit whenever I threatened to burn it down and the commissioner said well you're not even the commissioner of this league I said I'll still burn this thing down man if you keep letting stuff like this happen
1: I'm glad we're only in the in the fake uh the the league that we did with the best ball because we didn't put any money on that or anything because you're you're crazy you are you're burning down leagues left and right there's gonna be no leagues left by the time you're done with the blowtorch (laughs)
0: Maybe I've got some great fantasy football ideas though for a league, John. We might be able to do our own league. We're gonna. I, I need to talk to you off air about this about this idea I have for for you won't like it because you're such a purist. You're such a purist.
1: Sa- sounds like a good plan though. We'll we'll talk about it. What do we got next? We got the Jets next. Should I just leave now? Should I should I run for the hills? <laughs> the Jets at the Chiefs. Could you could you put a darker nightmare in my head than that matchup? The the Chiefs are minus a hundred. So they, they have to win by 101 points. Uh, and I, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. think of it this way. Here, let me let me space it out for you. The Chiefs are minus 100. So let's say they win 101 to 0. Okay. Could they could they win 25-0 each quarter and get a push? I think they could. Could they could they win 28 nothing each quarter, four touchdowns? Could they get 16 touchdowns against the Jets? I think they could. So I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 110 points. <laughs>
0: I thought I was bad whenever the Bears were playing, and I just let you know the whole world's coming in, crashing in on me. I think you're being a realist, though, this week. I I I well, I say that, and they're not quite a 100 point favorites, they're only 20 point favorites, and that's actually dropped down from 21, probably because the money line is just split on this one as far as it goes. I say money line, just the money's coming in on it, just about 50 50 almost. It, it, it seems like a little bit higher towards Kansas City's favor, which is very funny because they are favored by 20 points. Which is unheard of in the NFL, especially with a scrappy Jets team. Can I say that about this Jets squad? They're either scrappy or teams go into the, the you know, playing the New York Jets as the Lions are in the cage that I talked about earlier, just kind of sleepy and just half ha- hazardly playing, knowing that yes. they don't have to wake up to get fed.
1: Yes, no, you're 100% right. In all honesty, I know I'm joking. I actually would have to take the Jets in this game because the line dropped a point and a half, which is a decent amount, from 21 to 19 and a half. And if the Chiefs won this game by two touchdowns, by 14, and they were kind of sleepy, would that surprise anybody? No, it wouldn't It wouldn't surprise anybody. They're going to win the game. Everybody, It's a foregone conclusion. They're going to win the game. Do they care if they win by three touchdowns? They don't care. They're just going to book another W and move on to the next game. So I actually would have to take the Jets, even after all that joking. I would take them with the points. And the main reason is when Darnold plays, however you want to look at it, their games are competitive, period, end of sentence. Last hit- year... Remember he had mono, they stunk, they got blown out every game. Then he came back, they went 6-2 and two to end the season. This year, Flacco played a couple of games, they got blown out both games. Darnold comes back, they almost beat the Bills. It's not that he, he's not really that good, he makes a lot of mistakes. But he's much better than their backup options every year. So he, it will be competitive, more competitive than the, than the actual line is in this game. And I'll tell you what the key to all of it is, and why they were close against Buffalo last week. Pro football focus and, and the we jet fans know that Brian Poole is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. And what he does is he gives that number one receiver havoc and he, he runs them all over the field. He runs them ragged. That's what he did to Diggs last week. And that's what gets the Jets close to the spread is the fact that that number one receiver gets taken away. So he's going to be on Tyreek. I don't know how good he's going to do on Tyreek, but he is our best player. Um, So hopefully he'll hold them down and the Jets will lose this game by either 14 or 17. Fantasy-wise, you got to like Prine for the Jets at only 4,300 and DraftKings because Frank Gore is questionable, and if they get blown out, they're going to have a lot of dump-offs, right? He's a receiving running back, so i got to dump it off, dump it off. He, he could get six, seven catches. That's seven points right there, so I like Prine for the Jets.
0: Okay, now you say that uh, Darnold doesn't, you know, he plays pretty well. Mm-hmm. It is Halloween. He could be seeing ghosts out there on the field this week.
1: Oh, man, yeah, I don't know if I've ever been as mad as I was during that game. Because that, that game, you know, people, this is, the, I like talking about this kind of stuff. People get wrapped up in one game and then they say afterward, ah, it was only one game. That's the thing that people say, right? When as soon, Me personally, if it's my team, if it's another team, I don't care what sport it is. I don't care what the situation is. I just state facts. So when I say Sam Darnold played one of the worst games of all time on national television against the Patriots, it's a fact. But what did the Jets fans do? They jumped on my throat. They say, ah, it's one game against at That point they, who they thought was the best defense in the league. It doesn't mean anything about his development. You know, he'll do better. He just came back from mono, blah, blah, blah. They give me all these excuses. Well, here we are over a year later and nothing has changed. It, the best case scenario you're going to get from Darnold is win one, lose one. And that's what my point was. Even back then, The fact that you put him on national television and he choked and he's seeing ghosts and he's nervous and he's scared and he can't take the game at at the opponent. The key, if you want to be good, like that's why Joe Burrow looks like he's going to be good. You got to take the game at the opponent and you leave it all out there on the field. You know what I mean? Darnold has those thoughts in his head. He has those doubts. He, some plays looks really good. Some drives looks really good. Then it flip flops. So my point about the whole thing is I don't want to hear this stuff. Like when, when I make an observation or you make an observation or whoever the fan is, right. And you say, so. And so didn't play well. And this is why it's a problem. I don't want to hear people telling me it's one game. I'm tired of this crap because it's not about one game. It's about what it tells you about the player. And we learned that nothing has changed. He's still the same D- Sam Darnold a year later. He's fine. He's not great. He's not bad. He's not a superstar.
0: You also said that you're not sure that Kansas City's going to care about winning this game by that much. Right. What about Le'Veon Bell? I mean, Le'Veon Bell is going to be coming back. You know, I think this is one of the reasons why he went to KC was this is going to be really his first opportunity after signing with a team to be able to play against the Jets. I know people have been saying the revenge narrative, revenge narrative, and I've been one of those people. How many touchdowns does it take for Le'Veon Bell to feel good?
1: Uh, I mean, it is a good game for the Chiefs to rest C.E.H. a little bit because mm-hmm. he's been getting a lot of carries, and I'm sure you know Andy Reid. He's got a he has a personality. Uh, I'm sure he wants to play around with the Jets a little bit. So I do like Le'Veon Bell as a low salary play uh, and also as a flex play in season long uh, because of the catches again. And he'll probably get into the end zone once. That's my guess. So I'm going to put him down for about 13 points uh, in fantasy, which is a solid, solid number for a backup running back, right? So I would say that's about right. 13, maybe the maximum would be like 15 point game from Le'Veon Bell for me.
0: I have a hard time picking games like this, John, just to be honest with you, whenever you see this big point total, because you know that the uh, Chiefs are going to win this game. I just don't know if they're going to cover the 20-point spread, but in my head, and this is, uh, please take it with a grain of salt, a 35-10 to game, and I'm going to side with the Chiefs on this one, and I think they will cover the spread, which also means that they will also, uh, this game total will be under for this game for me.
1: Yeah, I, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. I mean, the, you know, sometimes the cream rises. The better team just pulls away over the course of the long game. So that that's very possible. Um, uh, on the Chiefs side, by the way, you like the boomer bust situation. Mm-hmm. This is a nice time for McCall Hardman because of what I said earlier. If you got Pool giving Tyreek a hard time, right? That means, and we don't have two guys to cover in this game. We got only one good player on the entire team, the Jets, and it's Pool. So we don't have somebody to cover Kelsey. So you want to pay up for Kelsey? Go ahead. That's one. And if you want to go cheap at the flex spot, you're going to go with Hardman uh, in DFS, and you're going to hope he gets one of those ones where he busts loose for a 65-yard touchdown over the top. It wouldn't surprise me even a little bit. Uh, you know, he's like a Mike Williams type guy. You know how yeah. Mike Williams, he'll just blow up here or there like he did a couple weeks ago. He's a sneaky play. Hardman's a sneaky play. So that's where I would go. I would go P Ryan on the Jets side. I would go Hardman and Kelsey on the Chiefs side.
0: Uh, next game, we got the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Miami for that first game for Mr. Tua Tagovailoa. It's now the Tua era. 57% of the wagers are coming in on the Los Angeles Rams side, who are only favored by three and a half points, John. This game total has dropped from 47. Right now it's sitting at 45 and a half. Does Tua have a shot this game? Sucker's bet, because
1: it, it's staying at three and a half, right? And on almost every book except for FanDuel, New Jersey. It's staying at three and a half. So what is the message that's being sent by the lines makers? Hey, to his first game, they're going to play really hard for him his teammates. They're probably just going to lose by a field goal. That's what they're trying to make you think. They, they left it at three and a half. So you say, hey, they may not win the game. You know, it's his first game in the league. Maybe they'll lose, but they'll they'll only lose it at the end. So don't fall for that trap. I'm taking the Rams. I don't care about, I don't care about analytics. I don't care about anything. You put a rookie against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey in his first game. I'm taking the Rams. Uh, I'm taking Daryl Henderson in DFS. I like him to pound the rock in this game against Miami. Uh, I think he might mix a little bit of Jared Goff. I think he might wake up in this game and have a solid performance. And then the sleeper at wide receiver on that team, the more I watch the Rams play, because they're getting a lot of nationally televised games in primetime, the more I'm seeing Josh Reynolds start to approach Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and not be the third guy, just be one guy in that committee there of those three wide receivers, kind of stepping into the role that they wanted Brandon Cooks to play last year, and it didn't work Mm -hmm. out with the concussions. So I see that arrow creeping up a little bit. Keep an eye on Josh Reynolds. Also, Higby is questionable, so that's another guy who might not be there. So the sneaky guys would be Reynolds and also the other tight end, Gerald Everett. So I, I don't really like any Dolphins in this game. I'm all in on the Rams.
0: Okay, I agree with you. I'm going to take the Rams as well. And I like the over. That 45 and a half is really low. I I know that the the Rams like to just, you know, play ball control offense, but they're going to be able to play ball control offense quite a bit without with, with the three and outs that I believe that Miami will end up facing. I'm going to have to do something about that quarterback situation in my fantasy league.
1: Yeah, well, that's up to you. You you could be a genius. Think about it. You you could be not only are you the champ in that league, you could say, "Hey, look what I did." I played a rookie quarterback coming off a shattered leg against the best defensive player in the league. And by the way, a defense that's trending up. Not only are they stacked with talent, Mm -hmm. they're starting to play better as a group. You could be a genius. You could say, look, I knew it. I knew he had the magic inside (laughs) of him. Right, he's an Alabama boy. I, I knew, I knew it was going to work out. And everybody else that doubted me, hey man, I'm Wes Easley. I'm the best
0: coach in the league. You're you're in cahoots with the rest of my league. I think th- this is what's going on now. I think you're you're somehow secretly working. Sean Connery has somewhat taught you a lesson with James Bond, and now you're a secret agent in this uh, league and trying to sabotage my thought processes. I am not going to allow that happen, John. I'm hang going hang to- on
1: one sec. I just got to answer a, a text in the group chat with my friends from your league. I just uh, let me just no, add because we're talking about you right now. So just let me just finish. Okay, I no. just sent it.
0: <laughs> so I am taking the Rams and I'm taking the under. Neither one of those guys I think are going to end up making my breadwinners here by the end of the game. The next one, John, this is this is a goofy one. I, I'm not even going to rant and rave about this game. New Orleans at Chicago. Sixty-two percent of the money's coming in on the New Orleans Saints. They are favored right now by four and a half. It started at three, so it's gone up. And the money still continues to go in on them. It, the game total started out at forty-seven. It's dropped down to forty-two and a half. So the Saints are favored by four and a half. The game total is at forty-two and a half. It looks like it's going to be weird weather in Chicago as well. Uh, John, you know I can't. I can't. Well, I, actually, I've done pretty well at diagnosing these Bears games now that I uh, now that I've been ranting and raving about it. But I'm going to let you have, take first crack at this one.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to go the same way I went with Tennessee, which is I'm not going to go. I'm not going to dive deep into this game. Here's my main theory behind it. I believe that the Bears purposely did not bench Nick Foles for this game because they want him to get exposed in a game against a high-profile team. Again, right? He's had a couple of national TV games where he looked like the worst quarterback in the league other than Joe Flacco. Um, And he's been exposed. He keeps showing up the coach and making all these weird comments to the media about Nagy. I think they Mm -hmm. want him to have one more really bad game against a big-name team It'll be, the, it'll be the prime game in the 425 slot, along with the Seattle-San Francisco. Those are the best games at that time. Um, so I think they want them to flop so they can go to Trubisky next week. So with that in my mind, I'm taking the Saints. I don't care what the percentages are. I don't care what the line is. I don't care if the line keeps going up. So I'm taking the Saints in this game. Uh, I'm, the under is going to be close. I, I don't see a lot of scoring coming from Chicago in this game. They may only score a touchdown. They may only score seven or ten points in this game. Um, and then I'm, yep. taking I'm taking Camara. I'm taking Camara for fantasy. And uh we were right. I mean, Latavius Murray, we talked about him last week. He got a he had a decent game, but mostly I'm just taking Camara and they're gonna do their gadget plays and whatnot, and uh they're gonna pull away from the Bears.
0: No, I think you're absolutely right. And Nick Foles may not make it through the entire game. Can you imagine him throwing the ball in a twenty mile per hour wind?
1: No, I, I can't if he had the wind at his back, he couldn't throw the ball twenty yards right. <laughs> That's how dead is if he had hundred mile an hour winds at his back. He wouldn't be able to throw the ball 30 yards. That's that's how his shot his arm is. And by the way, let me just say on the record, I love Nick Foles because of Nick Foles, what he did to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That was like the highlight. Uh, the Giants beating the Patriots twice and then the Eagles in the Super Bowl with the way that he played in that game with the Philly special and all that magic in that game. I love Nick Foles. He'll always go down as one of my favorite players, but he's trash right now. He's finished. He's done. His arm is shot and he has no mobility. Now, let me uh, ask no- you a question you had- you first. Yeah. Why can't they just mix and match? Why can't they start a guy? Why can't they sit both guys down, right? And say, guys, this is the situation. We're all men here. You guys are making millions of dollars to play football, right? I'm not worried about anybody's feelings. Both of you guys are not playing well enough to guarantee that you're going to finish the game when you start. So let's go into every game looking at it that way. Just like other teams mix in quarterbacks for a gadget play, like the Saints, for example. They'll take Breeze out and they'll put Taysom Hill in. The Eagles will put Jalen Hurts in for Carson Wentz other teams do the same thing why can't they just change from play to play quarter to quarter snap to snap why can't they tell both quarterbacks to be fully ready every time you're not on the field throw the ball on the sideline with the guys on the sidelines then we might say okay new package let's make a change why does it have to be one guy starts plays three games then the other guy plays three games I don't understand it can you explain it to me
0: no, I can't understand it either, and I don't understand why they're not doing something. You have to change something up because it's clear as day that the, this is the worst five and two team in football. We mm-hmm. can't let this record fool us because yeah. the quarterback play has been atrocious, even after they make a quarterback change. But they both have unique qualities, okay? Mm-hmm. I, and and we've been hammering this home all year long. Why don't they let Mitch Trubisky be the mobile quarterback that he is to be able to run the ball a little bit more than what he does? Let there be packages for him. Let there be uh, uh, at least say, hey, hey, Mitch, every third time we're letting you go in there and you take us down and score, Mitch. This is your package. Nick, you do the rest of them. You know, unless, and, and of like course, than in the fourth like quarter, it. something's dictating where the quarterback may be hot, they, the, the defense may not be able to react to Mitch, or maybe the defense may not be able to react, react to Nick Foles. Maybe he catches a little magic in the in the Gatorade bottle or something that day. Hey, y- you got to do something to mix it up. And I think the coach, I think Nagy is really in need of some kind of spark. It, Nick Foles, yes, he's got a ring, and he walks into that thing. He walks into the quarterback room, and he's wearing that Super Bowl ring, right? Mm-hmm. It, but he's not the kind of guy that necessarily starts tapping it on the desk. You know what I mean? Just to make sure everybody knows he has that Super Bowl ring. He seems to be a very meek, mild-mannered guy, and I really wonder—I really wonder how much that coach is respected right now, Nagy, in that locker room, because he really seems to be taken to the woodshed not only by the media in Chicago, by the fans in Chicago but i wonder if he hasn't lost that team's respect.
1: Yeah, how's your resume? Because i i agree with you. How's your resume looking? I think if we we put mine in and yours in, maybe we get a shot. We'll go head coach and offensive coordinator. We'll talk about who's who, but i think we could we you could do a better job closing this season than those guys can right now. Because first of all, why can't you just also tell a guy, you're you're starting this game, but if you play bad, i'm taking you out? Why why is that like a big deal? You know, I just don't understand the psychology like me as an athlete. You're an athlete. You played your whole life on multi-sports, both of us. If, if I'm the quarterback of the team and I'm not completing passes and I'm completing passes to the wrong jerseys, which is a false thing right now, I'm not going to take it personally if you bench me because I'm not playing well. Like Cam Newton. Cam Newton took it like a man last week. He's like, if I keep playing like this, I'm done. I know I'm finished. He basically said that. You know, why is it a problem for the Bears? Why can't they say this is your game to start? Maybe we'll mix and match a little. Or maybe if you play and you're hot today, you'll finish the game. If you're not hot, we'll make a change. If he comes in and he stinks, we'll make another change. What's the problem?
0: I don't understand it. I don't either. And and you could always say, at least Mitch's passes were just hitting the ground. You know, right. instead of hitting, the other
1: team. Not the other color. Not the other color jersey.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take uh, the New Orleans Saints as well. And that under really looks strange. I'm staying away from that because it is 42 and a half. And I like what you said, that the bears may not score a point in this game. And that, that, that very well could be true. Uh, very if, well. Could
1: be true. Montgomery is not coming along he is I, I will give him credit for getting in shape, right? He looks lean and mean. He looks tremendous. So he worked really hard on his physique, but he has no burst, right? So you already know Cohen's out for the year, your buddy. And they, I just feel like they got a clean house because that was another bad draft pick. My, he, he Right now, he's the least impressive running back. Last year, he definitely was, right? Watching him. he It looked like he was running in place. He was running in quicksand. So he's not getting any better now, um, despite being in better condition. So I think they got to clean house the whole thing because their drafting has been terrible and the coaching has been bad and it's miraculous they're 5-2. and two. And guess what? Ha- all that having been said... If they get a little creative with the quarterback position, and again, if you win the close games, they still could make the playoffs. Even after all that and trash talking them, they still could go there. They just got to win the close ones and come up with some magic. But they're just not coming up with anything right now.
0: I would agree with you, and it may be a Ryan Pace situation. Who's their GM yeah. more so than the head coach? He's, it, it, you know, it's real easy to bring in Alan Robinson and, and look walk around looking like you're a genius, right? It's mm-hmm. real easy to go out and trade a bunch of draft picks for Marlon Mack and and, and look like you're not Marlon Mack, but Mr. Mack. Let's just call him Mr. Mack, and and look like you're a genius, right? Because he can be so disruptive, even though he does disappear. team it seems at times for entire quarters, if not entire halves of games. By the time mm-hmm. it's all said and done,
1: yes. It, it, Also, but I will throw one good thing in there. I do think Mooney has some potential. You like Mooney? Oh, come on,
0: Mooney, man. I don't know. Come on. You're throwing a rookie wide receiver at me and, and asking me if he has potential. Yeah, he's got potential. David Montgomery had potential. Tariq Cohen allegedly had potential. Cole Komet's got potential, John. But you're not gonna go out and if you're Ryan Pace, you look at Jimmy Graham and you say, here's a boatload of money. Come on in. We're gonna make you one of our eleven tight ends this system in this season for this system. This is gonna be a great turnout. Hey, Trey Burton, come on in here. And we are going to allow you to do absolutely nothing. Oh, I know you keep getting injured. Oh, I know that that's not my fault. Uh, look, they had an opportunity to bring Ron Rivera in here and send him a boatload of money whenever we all knew he was out at Carolina. But they had burned that bridge, I think, with Ron Rivera, and he didn't want to have anything, any part to do with his old team, the Chicago Bears. And I, I would have I would have said, Ron, I am so sorry. I am so sorry for how we treated you in that whole Lovey Smith thing. And I know you got thrown under the bus to try and save Lovey's job. I know it. I'm so sorry. Please come back. Come back here to your hometown where everybody loves you, where you have nicknames all over the city. You will be honored and respected as the best head coach here since the Ditka era, but they wouldn't tuck their tails and do something like that. And and instead, I am stuck with Ryan Pace making executive decisions as a young man does on Madden, and it doesn't pay off in real football. That's what, that's what ends up happening.
1: You know, what's funny is I, I just actually literally dropped the mic on the floor and I'm taking a bow right now in an empty house taking a bow from my fans, because when you go back and you listen to this show again, and the listeners already heard it, you started off the Bears game saying, I don't really have that much to say. I'm not going to get riled up. So I just tried to, as you were going, I was just trying to figure out ways to set you off, and the bomb exploded. The the West Bears bomb just blew up, and I'm feeling good about myself right now. And uh, that was a good rant. I'm with you, actually. I I actually agree with the rant, but you did say, literally four minutes ago, I'm not going to get too excited about this game.
0: Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm calmed down. Thank you for letting me let that out before I go trick-or-treating tonight and get all jacked up on candy corn. So, <laughs> Hey, by the way, that line dropped to minus four. Now, it was at minus five and a half whenever we were talking, I believe, and it's dropped down to minus four. That doesn't change my mind one bit. That just makes me a little more excited to take those New Orleans Saints.
1: Yep, I'm with you. All right, we got, uh, that next one's the big one, man. I'm excited for the next one.
0: I'm gonna drop the mic on this one. San Francisco versus the Seattle Seahawks, and who lost a heartbreaker? We 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 got that one right on the money, didn't we? With Arizona, I did anyway. We against Arizona last week. We thought we both thought that they were Arizona had a chance to cover that game, if not be able to win that game completely. This game total started out at 54. fifty-four, fifty-three and a half is where it's at right now, so it's sitting steady. And the Seahawks have stayed at minus three all week long, John. I'm dropping the mic. It's all yours. This is a hard one,
1: man. This is really tough. I'll tell you why. Because I know right away that there's no way Seattle can stop the 49ers. Because the 49ers are too tricky. And the Seattle defense is awful. And Jamal Adams is injured. Seattle's secondary is the worst I've ever seen. I mean, it's worse than your Minnesota that you like to make fun of. Because at least Minnesota has two good safeties. They have bad corners, but good safeties. Seattle's secondary, I've never seen a team get shredded like this. I mean, they're so bad. That they convinced us that Cam Newton's still good. When he played against them, he looked like he was MVP of the league. That's how bad their defense is. So I know right off the top the 49ers are going to score at will. They're going to run the ball down their throat. They're going to play action. Guys are going to be wide open. It's going to be a massacre on that side of the ball. But the flip side, is Seattle really going to lose another close game with Russell Wilson back to back in division conference play? Uh, that's hard. It's hard for me to believe they're going to do that. But I do believe it. I'm taking the 49ers to take this take this game straight straight up with no spread. So I'm taking money line 49ers to win this one to outclass Seattle and make their statement that they're back in the Super Bowl picture after a slow start with a million injuries. Um, I'm taking the 49ers to win. I'm taking keep an eye on Tevin Coleman. If he doesn't play, I'm taking Jermichael Hasty in DFS. So keep an eye on Coleman. I'm not going to play Coleman if he's active. I'm going to play Hasty if he's not active. That's one. I'm taking George Kittle. He's going to destroy Seattle. I'm taking Brandon Ayuk. He looks really good. Rising star already as a rookie because the 49ers have great scouts. That's pretty obvious. So I'm taking those guys. On the Seattle side, they're going to score, right? Because that over-under line only dropped a half a point. So both teams are going to score. It's going to go back and forth. Uh, the 49ers defense won't be as dominant as it was last time around. So Seattle will get their points up. So you could go with all your regular guys uh, at the wide receiver position. Go to go with Metcalf. You're going to go with Lockett. And then maybe you sneak in a little bit David Moore, right? The number three receiver who wakes up with some random good games. Maybe he's the sneaky guy this week for Seattle.
0: So you said you're taking the over on that one as well? Uh, I'm going to take the
1: 49ers and the over. Although if it doesn't hit, it'll be because the 49ers outclass them and win the game by 14. Right? So if the 49ers, let's figure how they get there. If they score 31, four touchdowns and whatever, and then, then they keep Seattle to, to 20. That's 51. 30, I get thirty one twenty is not out of the realm of possibility. But I would assume that even at garbage time, Seattle would get another one at the end to go thirty one twenty seven. So that's why I'm taking the over and I'm taking the 49ers.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the over for sure in this game. And I hate that I have to pick one because uh, it's really – I don't know how San Francisco – they do have a little beat-up defense. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and and Seattle's going to have to throw the ball a lot. I think if Chris Carson was in this game, it'd be easier for me to take Seattle because then they'd be able to slow the game down a little bit. I almost think that Seattle is having to play too fast right now. You know, they, yeah. they're they're just having to go. They're having to go. They're having to go, and they don't ever have that chance to breathe on the other side anymore. And it's one of these times when. All of a sudden, you look up and Russell Wilson has thrown the ball almost 50 times in a game. You know, I, I may be exaggerating a little bit, but that's what it seems like this game is going to do. And if that's the case, if we're going to put the ball in, in Seattle's hands that many times or in Russell Wilson's hands that many times, I always see him making a mistake as he gets more tired. You know, at the end and of I, the game, I
1: don't, think, I don't think he'll me personally, just because he's, he's so savvy and he's so good. I don't think he's the issue, but I do want to say about Seattle, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Cause I don't think anyone will agree with me. I'm eliminating them as a super bowl contender with the best quarterback in the league. Who's MVP and a good record. One of the best records in the league. I do not believe they have any chance to win the super bowl because they will not make stops against any of these good teams in the playoffs. And you're going to see it starting here with this game. That's that I just don't know. You're right about how they have to keep the pace up high because how else can they play? What mm-hmm. else can they do when the defense gives up a touchdown every drive against every team? They I think they're the worst defense in the league. So I'm eliminating the Seahawks as a Super Bowl contender.
0: I, I can just see this being a lot of heat on Russell Wilson, and I'm even more afraid for him to get injured than I am for Tua getting injured this week because the ball's gonna be in his hands so much. Mm-hmm. All three running backs are out. In this in this situation, if they're not out, they're questionable at best right now as we talk on Saturday afternoon. And so you're going to be looking at a DJ Dallas having to pick up some blitzes coming in from a San Francisco defense that really gets creative. I, I just I I worry about this uh, Seattle team right now. I think they're going to score enough points to get this over very easily. Both teams will, but mm-hmm. I am with you, Johnny. I'm going to take San Francisco. Now I'm not being as bold as you were earlier this week when you texted me and said, you're not going to believe what I just did. <laughs> and I think you had a bunch of people on board with you, but uh, tell our listening audience what you ended up doing uh, for, for with, with San Francisco this week.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, Wes and I, we always look at the Super Bowl odds. We've talked about it on the show before, before the season and in the middle, uh, about the halfway point. And I was looking at it and the whole week and also really the whole season, I've really just been fascinated how Other teams, when they have injuries, they basically just fold up. But the 49ers, like I said, they're a factory. They're just churning out quality players. They're coming up with new stuff every week. They're always keeping you off balance. I like what you said, Wes. Sometimes they hold the guy out. Or like last week with McKinnon, they said before the game he was the starting running back, and then he wasn't. They do things like that. They're always keeping you off balance. They're like the Patriots on the next level right now. So with all these things in my mind, and the key, if you're going to lay down a bet on a future, right, what they call a future in a bet like this. Is you want to take a team that's bulletproof. You can't say oh so and so gets hurt and the team's done, right? If if you have that, like if Seattle loses Russell Wilson, they're finished. There's no chance they can win the bet. If the 49ers lose anybody on their team, they still can win. So the long story short, you put a hundred down on the 49ers right now. If they win the Super Bowl, you get 2,500 back. So you're you're risking almost nothing and you and you get a big return. And I still think. They're the second best team in the NFC. That's my opinion. I will give the Bucks the benefit of the doubt, the way they're trending in the right way, and they have the number one defense, and they got TB12 under pressure. So I, I will give the Bucks the number one spot. But I'm giving the 49ers in last place with a 4-3 and three record as the number two team in the NFC.
0: Wow. that's I, I could see that. I mean, I, I could honestly see that a little bit I, as I think about the teams that are in that division or even in the NFC. I could see that a lot. You know, it, it's, it's crazy whenever you look at what the opening line is on some of these teams and what it is now for the Super Bowl odds or to win the NFC West division, for example. Arizona was plus 2,000 to start with right? Plus 2000. It's now down to plus 650. You can find it plus 450. And, and uh, that, that's just interesting to watch how they all move just a little bit. And, you, could argue,
1: and- you could argue that Arizona is the most complete team in that division. Obviously, I think it's the 49ers personally. But if you argued with me that Arizona was the best all around team, if you consider the fact they have a running quarterback, they have weapons, they keep you off balance offensively. Their defense has Buda Baker, who's been one of the absolute best in the league. Uh, Chandler Jones is injured, but they do have other guys that contribute there. I I can hear the argument. Another good coach, Cliff Kingsbury, showing a lot. I said the Jets should have got him. The Jets needed like every all these teams have these good-looking young coaches that are really smart guys. Except for us, we got Adam Gaze, who's looking around, doesn't know where he is. He's looking at the moon. I do You know, the, only the Jets do that. We should have got Kingsbury. Arizona got him. They have a good program going now. They might be the best team in the division. I think it's the 49ers. You tell me, maybe it's Arizona. I'm not going to argue with you.
0: Well, it, it it definitely looks like it's coming out of there. If it's not, if their names aren't the Green Bay Packers, and I'll give you some credit, or if their names aren't the Philadelphia Eagles, because they do have a lot of opportunity to still get right. They're kind of like the San Francisco 49ers right now. They are still winning in spite of the injuries that they are that they are being faced with right now.
1: Yeah, right. I think they're going to probably run away with that division now. It seems like they got it under control. Their Pat Fulgham is a key for them, right? For mm-hmm. the Eagles, that they got this wide receiver to emerge and give Carson Wentz some help. So you're right, it's they're, they're starting to go in the right direction for the Eagles.
0: And speaking about the Eagles, they do get to face Dallas this week. And right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are favored by 105 half points John it's gone up from seven and a half to start with and the, the game total is still at 43 so that's right that's staying pretty consistent right now uh, I I think Philadelphia is really gonna come back and win this game pretty easy I'm not sure what we can expect out of this rookie Danucci I don't even know it, there was a Danucci what how do you even say that Danucci
1: yes that's correct uh, what is what do you mean how do you say that what because he's Italian because he's Italian <laughs> you don't know how to pronounce his name My people are very offended by this
0: <laughs> no it's just it looks funny on the thing because it's B. Danucci, B. Danucci. <laughs> and, and, you know, I have issues whenever there's a lot of vowels and consonants and they run together right there. Like I guess every word has that. So I got problems with every single word, but there's a lot of weird looking, it's, it looks like a Russian name almost, you know, with the season <laughs> there in the eyes. <laughs> Russian. Well, I'll tell
1: you the only thing I know about him for sure. I did a lot of reading this week Is he likes to scramble. He's been scrambling a lot in practice and he's been disruptive for the defense, but disrupting the Dallas defense is probably the easiest thing to do in the world. I I think if we we put a squad together with our two fantasy leagues and we went in there to practice against Dallas – I think we'd be in pretty good. I think they'd be disoriented by some of our formations and some of our personnel. So no, that, you don't, don't think, think so.
0: You think JB lining up wide won't be won't be a little bit uh, funny? And and Gage is back there in the backfield. You're under center, and I'm out there at the wide receiver position, saying, "Hey man, I've been chased like a cheetah. You know,
1: <laughs> you've been chasing you've been prepping for this your whole life. You've been running with cheetahs in the wild. You, I think you can run against the Dallas defense. So I'm with you. I Rob I need Norton, to- Rob Norton in the slot.
0: Huh, Whoa. Pierre? What's it? Pierre's under center right there, and Pierre's, you know, just talking to him about all his DFS picks over on the DFS Dreamers and stuff. John, let me—I forgot to tell everybody and update them. Make sure that you are following me on Twitter at LoafinIt on Twitter. Don't forget to follow John as well over to Mister Mister Two Thousand himself at uh, fa- at Sports Seven on Twitter. Go over to the show and find find the show there and all the different Twitter handles that are on there underneath the bio at Fi Today with a little underscore. And if you are listening for the first time, we thank you so much. If you are a regular FitFam member, we appreciate you getting the word out there. All John, John, I haven't told you this, but all the podcasts are coming back solid, okay? They're, all the ratings are going up. All the listens are going up. So the FitFam is doing a fantastic job of sharing this show, not only on Twitter, but maybe on Instagram. Maybe they're follow, Maybe they're sending out texts about it. Whatever they're doing, we really appreciate you allowing us to not only entertain you, but try to entertain others by not only giving great fantasy football advice, we hope, or great gambling advice, we hope, or DFA advice, we hope, but also stories on how to go to the zoo and different things like that, and Sean Connery movies like we did this time, head over to Anchor FM, and you can find whatever listening platform you like to listen to podcasts on. You can subscribe to that uh, listening platform right there, and then share it with your friends. Don't forget to share it with your friends. That's so important for us to be able to keep continuing to take this positive moment uh, movement out to the uh, out to the masses, Johnny.
1: Yes. No, I mean, uh, what you said about the numbers, that goes back to the people that are listening. And we want to thank you guys and girls so much. Uh, Much appreciate all the messages we're receiving. We'll try to keep churning out. I'm just happy that we're not just here making each other laugh. I'm glad some people are are tuning in and they're getting a few laughs out of us. So thank you guys again. Um, And we'll keep bringing the action to you and uh, more good things in the future as we go forward.
0: Yes, definitely, definitely. We'll do that. And our fit picks are going to be put up there sometime today. And I think in this game for the Philadelphia Dallas game, uh, you know, not, not that all of the fit crew is going to go out there in some kind of uniform and play football against the Dallas Cowboys, although I would give us a shot for one quarter. I would give us a shot for one quarter. Uh, but it looks like the Philadelphia Eagles, all the money's coming in on them, 60% anyway. And I, I think that that's going to go up before the beginning of this game.
1: Yes. And here's the key to this entire game and the whole situation. There is a base level thing that you need in all sports, especially in football, and that is a high motor and high effort, and the Cowboys are quitting. The, every game I watch them, I you know they're always on national TV, and they're on red zone, either way, so it's easy to watch the Cowboys. I've watched them time and time again. For me, I don't care if it's first year on the job, I would have fired McCarthy immediately after one of the last two games. I have no no patience for professional athletes making millions of dollars quitting the second they go down 7 nothing and saying, hey, every time we go down, we just get blown out, so we might as well nail it in, right? So I don't care if they even cover the spread in this game. I don't care if DiNucci comes in and gives them a spark. I don't care. I'm not taking the Cowboys because they're not giving an effort for the entire four quarters. And that's why even sometimes I defend gays because the Jets have not had a lack of effort. When the Jets get blown out, it's because they had Flacco a quarterback and he's a non-competitive quarterback. It's not for a lack of effort. There are other teams that are struggling. For example, Atlanta. They had no effort, which is why they filed they fired Dan Quinn. The effort dropped off. I don't care if it's first year on the job, I would fire the coach. I'm taking the Eagles for a blowout. I don't care what the final score is. No. Taking Philadelphia. I'm taking Fulgham. I'm firing Mike McCarthy. Uh, Goddard is not back yet. They, they activated him that he can return to the team, but he's not back yet. Ertz is also out. So you have no tight ends there. So I like Fulgham, right? And maybe, maybe if you're being sneaky, Ray is coming off the injured list, the rookie, but I'm probably just going to take Wentz. and I'm going to take Fulgham. Those are the only two guys for Dallas. If they're smart, they're going to give Zeke 40 carries. So you got to try Zeke and that's their only chance to stay in this game. And I guess if you, if you heard about Danucci scrambling and you want to put in a team where you have the three highest paid wide receivers and you want a cheap quarterback, I guess you could throw a couple of teams on there and hope that he runs for a touchdown or something or runs for 60, 70 yards, something like that. But it's Eagles all the way. Um, McCarthy's done. It's, it's horrible. I, a lack of effort, I, I will not stand for it, no matter what sport it is. If I'm playing or if I'm watching, if it's my team, not my team, I won't stand for it. The Cowboys are an embarrassment.
0: Wow. Wow. I've never, I mean, that's passionate. That's almost more passionate than your Eagles or than your Jets take right there. And I know you and I have been going to headbutton against the Philadelphia Eagles, seems like uh, since the preseason stuff started happening. But I think it's more of a disgruntlement against the Dallas Cowboys. And it doesn't seem like that Mike McCarthy system is working in Dallas. Maybe that year off that he took really separated him from a locker room a little bit too much.
1: No, I mean, I think, listen, Prescott's injury is what really derailed him. But that, that's the point, right? The whole show, that's been the theme of this show. Hopefully we can post it that way. That real coaches survive the injuries because they're thinking of ways to outsmart you. And they're telling their players that they're saying, guys, next man up, next man up. It's football. Guys are going to get hurt. Doesn't matter what position it is. Quarterback's going to go down. Safeties are going to go down. Lineman, it doesn't matter. It happens. It happens. We need to have a program that fills those spots, number one, with scouting that every guy that comes in is producing, but also with effort, right? You, if you're not that good, if you came from the practice squad because you belong on the practice squad, you could still play hard. And the Cowboys have not done that. That's my problem. It's not the system, because clearly the offensive system was good with Prescott. That, I have no issue with that. McCarthy's good at getting offense out of his teams and throwing the ball and spreading them out, whatever. But to not get you guys to play for you and to have the team quit as soon as the quarterback goes down, that's a reflection of the head coach and that's my problem.
0: okay all right, I can see that I, you were so passionate about that. I want to take Dallas as a flyer. There's no way I think they're going to cover the 10 and a half after you've given me all that. I will go ahead and take Philadelphia plus the the, the uh, and give up the 10 and a half points the 43 points that's a low low under. I guess they're not expecting Dallas to score at all.
1: I think that's what they're thinking I mean uh, it's listen. Denucci's a kind of a sleeper. Uh, it's that that's the thing. He's a sleeper just because we haven't seen that much out of him and when they brought him in last week they only let him throw the ball two or three times. So we don't even know what we're looking at. I don't mean a sleeper in a good way like a sleeper he's going to be a, a magic superstar, just that we don't have enough information. So it's all going to come down to him. If he's one of those guys who is by the way, a third string quarterback on a team that pays both of their quarterbacks a good chunk of money, usually that guy stinks. That's period. If he, if he's a third string quarterback with two guys getting paid in front of him, then they're not prepared to have a guy like that playing quarterback. So my guess is he's going to be terrible. That's, that's my guess based on the information we have. Therefore, you're correct. That's why the over-under is low, and they're probably pegging the Cowboys for either three, seven, or ten points, one of those three.
0: Yeah, and, and some rain in the forecast, it looks like, the entire game, at least, the especially the beginning parts of the games, and it may clear up by the time it's decided. So, all right, all right, so I got Philadelphia, and I'm, I'm going to stay away from the over-under on that game. Next game, Johnny, we got the Los Angeles Chargers. I think, hold on, I got to get my bearings. Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos. So it's going to be over there in Denver. This game hasn't changed much. It's sitting at minus three and a half right now on the Chargers. The over-under total is at 44 and a half. It seems like it's a low one. These two teams strike me as two teams that can score a lot. I'm not going to say they're tremendously healthy right now, but they're not more banged up than what they have been in the past couple of weeks. And this this looks like to me, this game should be over. Because I've never, been, I've never been a big advocate of either one of these defenses as of late anyway.
1: Well, I'm going to cue you in on something here, and this will okay. probably change your mind because I sway you very easily. Drew Locke is awful. Awful. Welcome, welcome to the news. He's terrible. <laughs> I've watched him now since he's returned, and I watched him at the end of last year. Now, a key thing, he was able to put together some stats in the second half of last season, and that's what happens when your team is not competitive. And your team already knows it's not going to make the playoffs. Everybody plays loosey-goosey on offense. The other team lets you get stats in the second half when they're beating the doors off you. So, yes, I know he did a decent job down the stretch last year. And good for him. My hat's off to him. Now, it's a different story. Their defense has actually been turning it up a notch. Their effort overall, right, we talked about effort in the last game, has been very good. So, thumbs up on the effort for Denver. I like the way they're playing hard and they're trying to make their games competitive. So the reason why they stunk so bad against the Chiefs was not effort. The reason was because Drew Locke is awful. And here's the problem. he's got He's not mobile right now. I'm not seeing him avoiding the rush. He's not aware. He has a lack of awareness in the pocket like Daniel Jones. They, they're the worst that I can see right now out of the starting quarterbacks not sensing where the, re, the rush is coming from or where the pressure is coming from. Is it inside? Is it on the blind side? Is the offensive line collapsing? They're not picking up on those things and his throws are not accurate, and his arm is not extending plays. He's not getting deep balls down the field. If you add all those things together, it's going to be a mess, which is why I'm taking the Chargers, because I don't think Denver – and that's why the line's low. That was the answer to your question, why is it so low, 44 and a half? It's because Drew Locke is not good right now. The Chargers are going to wreak havoc defensively. I like the Chargers as the DFS play in defense. I like Herbert to stay hot, because a lot of people are saying he's not going to stay hot, that he's got to come down to earth. You know what? The kid's got Moxie. He's a superstar in the making. He's the total opposite of Drew Locke. So I'm taking the Chargers. I'm taking Keenan Allen. I'm taking Mike Williams as a flyer. I'm taking Hunter Henry as a flyer in this game. I'm taking Josh Kelly as a flyer. Wow. I got six I got six chargers and I got no Broncos. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. I boy, I actually you you uh I, I still like the over. And the reason why is I think Melvin Gordon will be able to score once or twice. There'll be some determination there. And uh, I just think that he's going to be able to find the end zone against his former team and against the Chargers for the Chargers. Like you said, everybody's going to score. I like the over in that game. I'm not going to take it as a breadwinner, I don't reckon, because it just seems like it's something, something's goofy. Something smells wrong with that. The, the, the breadwinner smells burnt right there. So I'm not going to say as a breadwinner. <laughs> the toast needs to be redone used to be my nickname in high school, by the way, on the football team when I played cornerback was Toast. I'm not going to let you fill in the blanks. I, so, I know that.
1: That's what we used to call, I believe his name was Otis Smith. He was a corner. That's a while ago. So my memory could be a little foggy on that. He was a cornerback for the Jets that they always gave him a chance to play. This was maybe 20 years ago, even though he always stunk and we called him Toast. So I know exactly where you're going with that.
0: Yeah, well, we can get into my football career some other time, but I'm going to take the Chargers on this game as well. Next one up. This is the, the I don't know, the slobber knocker of the week. Yeah. Could we maybe have that one? The yeah, Pittsburgh's, why not? Why the not? Pittsburgh's, Yeah, I think it's a good one. Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. 46 and a half point total has dropped from 49 points. And the Baltimore Ravens were favored by five and a half at the beginning of the week. now they're only favored by four. I guess uh, people are starting to bet the Pittsburgh Steelers. 60% of the money's coming in on the Steelers, John. I I, I love the Steelers in this one. I think Baltimore has been folding and folding and folding whenever they go up against stiff competition. And I think there's no stiffer competition than the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially that defense right now. And they'll really be able to limit the very limited Baltimore offense. Uh, If you key in on Lamar Jackson, it seems like once you once you make that star diminish, all the rest of the stars in that offense go away too.
1: I can't wait for this game, my friend. Good, good analysis on your part. I see where you're coming from from that angle. But I can't wait because there's a lot of questions that have to be answered here. You posed one of them, which is, are the Steelers really one of the Super Bowl contenders just because they're undefeated and they have the number one defense and Roethlisberger is back? Are they? We don't, it's too, you think, yes, sure. Some people are going to think yes. Or is this a game where the Ravens remind them that they were the runaway best team during the regular season last year, and they're not prepared to go quietly into the night this year after a really bad playoff performance and a really bad performance against the Chiefs earlier this year. And these are, we don't have the answers yet. The game hasn't been played. It's 60-40 right now. The line's doing some funky things. I am going to lean on the fact that I still think the Ravens are a better team over the course of the whole year than the Steelers. I don't think they're ready to just say it was one and done for us last year. We were the best team of the regular season playoffs didn't work out. And now it's not going to work out for us this year. I don't think they're ready for that. So I'm going to take the Ravens to make a statement in this game. Also, I don't think the Steelers are going 16 and oh, so they got to lose eventually. So I will take the Ravens, but there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. For the Ravens, I think it's time now for Hollywood Brown to break out. Uh, I traded for him in one league for that exact reason, that he's been hovering around a lot of big plays this year, and they don't work out. The timing is just a little bit off, but he hit them last year sometimes. And by the way, the weakest part of the Steelers' defense is their secondary. We know about their defensive line, the linebacker and the edge positions. They're the best right there with Tampa Bay. They're the best in the Mm -hmm. league. Um, The secondary is the issue. So I'm going to go Hollywood Brown here in fantasy this week. Uh, I'm gonna go Lamar Jackson to ba- finally bounce back because no one's gonna think highly of him this week against the Steelers defense. And knowing in their back pocket that he really struggled against the Chiefs defense, they're not gonna want to use him at a high price point. So I'm gonna go Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown here. I'm gonna mix a little bit of Gus Edwards because it doesn't look like Ingram's gonna go, and his he's got a cheap salary. So I'm gonna throw a few in there. Um, And then for the Steelers, you know, I still like if Deontay plays. I like Deontay Johnson if he plays. If he doesn't play, you got to go with Claypool again. Um, So there's guys on both sides here, but I'm just going to go with the Ravens to squeak it out on the spread and win this game by seven. I'm going to go 28-21 Baltimore Ravens.
0: I think the Baltimore Ravens defense will end up scoring something. Whenever you make uh, Ben Roethlisberger throw a ball a whole bunch, he's going to end up throwing an interception or two or fumbling or something that Mm -hmm. will allow an opportunity for the Baltimore Ravens defense to at least get a turnover, if not get a touchdown and a turnover. But I think that when you have that many weapons on the Pittsburgh side of things with the wide receivers, they always seem to be able to find ways to free them up, even though it's it's a dumped-off pass but they get them in motion and they keep on running. I, I like the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. I, I'm going to stay away from the total. It seems to be right about where it needs to be.
1: Feels, feels like maybe they'll go over. Uh, two things on what you said. Uh, I like what you said about the weapons for the team because I like the way they built it, right? Basically, you already know going in that you're on a short timeline with Roethlisberger coming mm. off a massive injury that cost him the season last year. Uh, he's at 38, I believe off the top of my head. Um, you don't have that many years left. I think he's taken a beating in his career on top of that. The only thing with a guy like that is he loves to play so much, you wonder if that'll keep him around a little bit longer, like Tom Brady or like Rogers seems like he wants to keep playing. Breeze wants to keep playing. That's the only thing that might keep him around. But I like the way that they built it just in case this is his last one or two years that they gave him all these weapons around him. And that's that's always been my argument, like for my own team and also for building teams when you got a young quarterback. Uh, I think you should build with the weapons. And a lot of people think differently. I think they sh- you should build with the line. The only problem is a lot of times you get busts in the offensive line, like the Giants' first-round pick this year, Andrew Thomas, the offensive lineman, has already been benched, and he was the fourth pick in the draft. So it's risky. To me, it's risky. I'd rather give the, the quarterback four weapons like the Steelers have, right? Th- think about that four wide. You got Juju, who at this point has been like their third-best receiver. You got Claypool, who's been their second-best. Deontay, when he's healthy, has been their best. And then you got James Washington, who's a runaway, the best number four receiver in the league. He's he's by far the best number four receiver. And I like what they did there. So that was a good point in what you said. And then the second thing is I like that we're going to be on opposite sides of this one because I don't have the answers right now. This is going to be a really interesting division game, going to be a grind. Their both teams are going to really be trying to prove a point and say, this is our division. This is our time. So this is my favorite game on the schedule. My second favorite game on the schedule is the 49ers and the Seahawks. So this will be a good one.
0: Yeah, and I don't think Pittsburgh will be able to run the ball at all against that Baltimore defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I know we got one more game to go this week, but I, my eyes wandered down to next week, okay, mm-hmm. on the Thursday night game. 93% of the money coming in right now, Johnny, is on the Green Bay Packers. They're going to San Francisco and playing those 49ers, and right now it's a pick them I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just telling you that because I know how you yeah.
1: I, know. I mean, I, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not a betting man myself. Uh, I did for the season bet just because, you know, you put it down now and whatever happens happens. It's no, no big deal. Um, but if, if I were, I would say that game is screaming at you early. The only thing is those numbers of 93% on the Packers. There's very few bets at this point. So well, just keep that in mind. So yes, that those are going to be accurate numbers. That is correct, but it's a low sample size. I do think that'll change. And by the way, When San Francisco beats Seattle this week, those numbers are really going to change. You're going to see a drastic change. So, but yeah, now's the time to do it. If you can find a book that has it, uh, Westgate, Nevada has it right now at a pick'em. I would go ahead a week early and put in that 49ers play. That's a good call by my man at loafing it.
0: Every once in a while, a needle in a haystack. (laughs) I I might not, I might not be able to find the haystack, but I'll come out with a needle every once in a while. That's how you
1: found me, right? Needle (laughs) in a haystack.
0: (laughs) That's right. And I've been screaming, ouch, ever since. All right. (laughs) Hey, last game, last game. This one hasn't moved at all. It hasn't hardly changed one bit since the beginning of the week. Um, it's it's right now it's Tampa Bay is favored by 13 points against the New York Giants, and this game totals at 45. Look, look, look. The New York Giants, you talk about a team that looks like they've quit, and who can blame them at this point? I don't know if we need to start Wayne Gallman or not. I couldn't against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense for sure. I don't know if there's any Giants Mid team member offensively that I'd want to start at all and I know Tampa Bay is banged up a little bit but John 13 just doesn't seem like enough to me in this game
1: well I gotta I'm gonna right off the top I'm gonna differ with you the issue for the Giants is not effort I mean if you've been watching them but they're playing very hard Joe Judge has done a really good job the rookie head coach for the Giants he's got these guys buying in it's a uh, too many turnovers bad timing on bad plays uh, and not enough talent overall on the team they have Spots of talent, right? Bradbury has been fantastic on the defensive side. Uh, Shepard came back and looked good last week. Every once in a while, Slayton pops up with a good game. Every once in a while, Ingram pops up with a good game. But overall, not having Barkley and not having enough talent overall on both sides of the ball, that and the bad timing, that's what's hurting them. So they will try hard. But here's the question of this game. How are they going to score with Daniel Jones playing quarterback against either the number one or the number two defense in the league depending on who you ask how are they going to score west that's my problem
0: no and I've, you know what i've done i've looked to see if there's a ryan tannahill on that team mm. it's colt mccoy is their mm. backup interesting so that's why they're sticking with daniel jones right now at this point uh because he is their best option and i don't know how they're going to score at all the only way that they could possibly score is if Tom Brady says, here, here's a couple points for you. You know, he just goes ahead and gives him a couple of points. I don't know if he takes a kneel down in the end zone or something, just as a mercy thing, because I don't see how they're going to move the ball past the 50-yard line, let alone score any points. So nice, I,
1: nice point, by the way, but there have been a few throws, so I, I think you're right. There have been a few throws this year from Brady on the outs, specifically on the out routes, where he didn't have enough juice on them, and they ended up either being pick six or pick for a long return. So you're right. If they do get it, it might be on an out route where they jump it and there's not enough juice because Brady's getting a little bit older. So good point.
0: Monday Night Raw will be happening, I think, right at the same time that this game is going on. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we we know Rob Gronkowski used to have an affiliation with WWE. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to steal those viewers, man. I, this could be a big Rob Gronkowski game, especially with how banged up Mike Evans is. Godwin's out now. It just seems like the weapons are there. Four net may go off on this game. This is just, to me, this is a, 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 a play of Fournette, play a Gronk, play a play a Ronald Jones and play a Tom Brady if you got them. This is a big game for the uh, Buccaneers. And I think that they're going to really make a statement this game against those New York Giants.
1: Yeah. You, you made the right point though. The injuries are the only hope for the Giants to cover the spread. That's it, right? Not having Godwin and having Evans really not at hundred percent. Uh, and Antonio Brown's not allowed to play in this game, right? Not until next week. So if you add those three together, that's the only hope for the Giants that, the, the Bucks will be, a, first of all, they may decide they want to lead on Ronald Jones. They may decide they want to make it a running game. So when the spread is so high at 13 points, is it possible the Giants kind of backdoor their way into losing by 10 points? It's possible. But again, you got to go with the quality here. They're just a better, it's a better coach. It's a better quarterback. It's a better defense. It's a better team over a long game. And some of these games when they're a grind and there's some more running, they're long games, man. It's, it's a struggle. It's a grind. Over that long grind, the better team is going to pull away, slowly but surely. So I'm still going to take the Bucks, but the only hope for the Giants are those injuries on the Tampa Bay side.
0: I um, am too. Okay, I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I'm going to leave that point total alone. And you tell me that I have to take three games in the breadwinner thing, at least. you got to take an odd number, Wes. you you got to take an odd number. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take an odd number here. I am going to take, and I'll do this in um, order of confidence for me, for these breadwinners, okay? Okay. I, I will take the over in that Buffalo-New England game. It's set at 40 and a half right now. I just I don't see two NFL teams only scoring 40 and a half points. I can't see it, so I'm going to take the over in that game. Uh, for the Cleveland game against Cleveland and Las Vegas, that point total is at 49 and a half right now. I am going to take the under in that game because of the weather conditions that are there. And I know both both of those defenses are really bad, but I think this is going to end up turning into a running game. And they're going to want to keep the clock moving just to get out of the environment. So I think that this game is going to be under 49 and a half. I hope that point total goes up a little bit more because that would be really nice if it hit the 50 area. So then you could really have that under. All right. The last one. And and this is only because it's odd. I, I, I don't like I don't like this whole week very much, John, just to be honest with you. I don't like where this is. Vegas did a really good job of perplexing me this week. But I will take the Green Bay Packers at minus six. I will go ahead and give the points to the Minnesota Vikings and I will take that Green Bay Packer game as my third bread winner.
1: Nice. I, I like those picks. I knew you were gonna take the Packers out of the spreads. I could I could sense you felt they're gonna pull away in that game and that, that could be a blowout from the way you're looking at it. So I like those picks, and uh, not really too many arguments over here. By the way, we should really go back and keep track, right? If we're going to do these every week, so we should go back in the last couple of weeks, and then that way we'll know the record. Like we keep track in the fit picks. By the way, who's mm-hmm. in who's in first place in the fit picks?
0: You are. Uh, you are barely holding on by a thread to first place. I by one game. You are. You are winning seventy percent. I think we're winning at a seventy percent clip right now, John.
1: I'm telling you, man, get on those fit picks if you're listening uh west does a good job posting them showing all the different hosts of the shows and our buddies of the show Um, and right now with the clip we're winning if you're in those pools where they're not asking you to pick it with the spread you should just be following what we're doing because we're hot right now smoking hot so breadwinners for me i think you know where i'm going with this one i'm going against tua in his first game against the rams so i'm taking the rams to cover the spread there pretty easily obviously i'm taking the 49ers that that game is a lock, in my opinion. Because <laughs> because Seattle, I agree with you, not going to be able to run the ball, not going to be able to block, not going to be able to stop the 49ers from scoring. So that's a triple whammy. I'm taking the 49ers. And then the third one, you know, probably not surprised. I'm going against Drew Locke. I just don't think he can move the ball against the Chargers. So I'm taking three road teams. Obviously, the road means less this year. I would never do this in a normal year. Mm-hmm. You if you're doing three picks, you don't want to have three road teams maximum, you want to have two. But this year it's different. So it's Rams, 49ers, and the Chargers, and that's a three and O for Johnny Fro.
0: Especially two two road teams uh, uh, having points. You know, at the same time they got to cover the spread. That is a strange year. 2020 is definitely strange. Uh, Do we? We're not going to get into whether or not uh, Trump is going to win this election, or whether or not it's going to be Bernie Sanders. Oh, did I say Bernie Sanders? Yeah, I didn't mean to say that.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, listen. My theory is there are a lot of silent Trump supporters out there, and I don't. I'll be dead honest with you. I'm gonna abstain this year because I don't have a side. Sometimes I do. Some some elections I do. I voted many times in the past. I don't have a side this time. I really. I hear the arguments against both guys, and I'm not hearing too many good arguments for either guy. So just my opinion as an American, having just going and picking a name for no reason. Without having a side is probably the wrong way to do it, which is why I'm not going to. But my analysis is there's a lot of those sneaky voters coming in late. Some of the betting lines are starting to creep back Trump's way because Biden's been a heavy favorite, but there's a late there's a little bit of late momentum. Um, I don't know. We're not going to have all the results, right? They're saying it's going to be delayed. We won't know exactly yeah. who the winner is. So that's another problem. My gut feeling is it's going to be a squeaker for Joe Biden. I think Biden's going to win it by a hair, it's going to be like when it was Bush and Gore down in Florida with the recount. That's my opinion. It's going to be a, like a mirror situation where it's going to be a whole bunch of controversy and Trump is going to make a late run because I think a lot of people thought Biden... Some some polls said Biden was up 11 points, which is an absurd number. It's not that because there's a lot of Trump people that don't say that they're Trump people. So yeah, that's my guess. Is Biden by a hair in a close game at the wire, Biden's going to kick the field goal to win? <laughs>
0: Okay. Hey, you can get great analysis like that, not only from Johnny Fro himself, but you can get that from all of our different fit analysts uh, who always do a good job. And you can follow the show over there on Twitter at Fi Today with a little underscore, and you can find all of the different analysts, all of their bios right there, especially John Frisella, who you can follow over on Twitter at Sports 7 He always has great takes like that on Twitter. Make sure you follow him there. You can also find a whole bunch of lists of his over on Google. You just type in John Forsella, Google blog, and boom, it's right there for you. And don't forget to look up his Aaron Torres article as well. What is that? AaronTorres.com is that what it is? It's Aaron Torres online. Oh, Aaron Torres online. And don't forget to follow him over there. You got a great article each week. I think you drop it usually on Tuesdays, don't you?
1: Yeah, usually on Tuesdays, and uh, he's been giving out some winners, man. You better get on there. Those, it's mostly the pickups for the free agent list, and also at the bottom of each column are the DFS plays of the week. So I have yep. a safe pick, a sleeper and a perfect storm where everything lines up nicely. And I've been getting a lot of thanks, so I appreciate you guys sliding up in the DMs and saying, "Hey, thanks for the recommendations because I just won myself a nice 500 bucks." Some of these guys <laughs> are saying. So, get on get on there, man. Jump the you should be reading. Let's get those numbers up. Thanks a lot, everybody.
0: And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at loafing on Twitter and head over to anchor FM. If you have not subscribed to the show yet, find whatever listening platform you want to listen to the podcast on or any of the podcasts here on the fantasy impact today network. And you can find it over there on anchor FM. It's just really easy to do. And you could uh, just click on whatever, whatever, whatever platform you like to listen to it on. If it happens to be on the iTunes app, make sure you slap those stars, make sure you leave a review wherever you can. Uh, and more importantly than all those things, FitFam, we want to thank you for helping support this podcast, but we also want to encourage you to go out and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.